0: You're listening to Resolution Radio.
1: ResolutionRDO.com. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is The Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards.
2: It's a frigid week out there. That polar vortex, that bomb cyclone, the winter hurricane, it's already hit, and it's only supposed to get colder over the course of the next few days, but we're going to warm things up for you tonight. That much I can tell you. It will
3: be as hot as the core of Chernobyl (laughs) (laughs) here in our studio tonight.
2: Absolutely. Welcome to TPC's second show of the year, and the bombs are already dropping, literally and figuratively, figuratively on the show tonight. We have got a true trifecta.
3: A real blockbuster. Now, uh,
2: we'll tell you, Augustus Invictus Esquire will be on with us the first hour.
3: Now, he's not some old Roman that's come back to life. Tell us about it. Well he's, a, well,
2: he's a great story there of, of uh, loss and redemption, uh, you know, being put in prison as a result of Charlottesville and coming back out of it and now licensed to practice law all over the country. He based in Florida, can practice in front of the Supreme Court. Just a, it's a tremendous success story, really. And, uh, well, you'll learn more about him tonight when he tells us the latest news in Charlottesville, actually a victory on the judicial front. I didn't even think that was possible. He'll break it down for you this hour. And then in the next hour, the man of the hour, so to speak, Brother Nathaniel Kapner will be back fresh off of uh, an appearance on Alex Jones, Earlier this week, black a few days ago.
4: Jones.
2: And a blackballing by, a subsequent blackballing by Alex Jones. Uh, he was supposed to go back on Alex Jones' show for an encore a second appearance in the same week and he got canceled at the very uh, that last shows you minute. what
3: a brave heart that Alex Jones really isn't. Okay? Well, we'll, you know, we're not
2: going to pass judgment, but I'll tell you this. Uh, Alex Jones canceled him. We won't. Uh, Brother Nathaniel Capner is going to be on the show in the second hour and he is just really hot right now. We're talking about uh, a lot of people talking about that interview with Alex Jones. I saw it and was absolutely godsmacked. You know, we've known Brother Nathaniel for 15 years. He's been coming on the show week. for 15 years. But uh, well, we'll get into we'll all of that. And it then it a can. surprise guest in the third hour. Just stay tuned. We'll get to all of it. But, yeah, well, let's just go ahead and start right there. Again, we're going to heat up the cold winter weather tonight, that's for sure. Uh, so Brother Nathaniel made an appearance on Alex Jones earlier this week. And he was talking about <laughs> the topics that you expect Brother Nathaniel to talk about. I really don't know why Alex has guests like Brother Nathaniel and David Duke on because every time he has somebody like that
3: on, he panics. He makes himself, frankly, look bad. Well, he thinks he's going to bring them over to his modified version of what their message is. And look, David Duke and Brother Kapner have been around too long. They have considered every aspect of the topics that they talk about, particularly with Jewish power and influence and they they know. They've got an opinion on everything. They're not in the formative stage. They know, and what they know is what really needs to get out.
2: Well, here's what happened. I mean, I appreciate the freedom of speech type of thing that Alex goes for. I agree with a lot of what Alex Jones says. I mean, he does, frankly, come across to me as a little bit of a carnival barker, a little bit of a showman with all the supplements and whatnot. But I agree with him on a lot of things. But when he talks about Jewish concerns... Uh, he just He's make as a lamb. Well, I mean, I just—he uh, had David Duke on, and he immediately scrubbed the interview. And he had Brother Nathaniel on, and Brother Nathaniel's talking truth to power, you know, from my in my opinion. Uh, and then it gets to the point where Alex Jones appears to be panicking a little bit. He's arguing with Brother Nathaniel. Brother Nathaniel's just there, cool as a cucumber. He did a great job. He did a great job on the show. But towards the end of the interview, Brother Nathaniel just, I guess, wants to make a point or just kind of. I don't know really what what his approach was, but Brother Nathaniel's talking about the effects of the organized Jewish community uh, community, not the guy that runs your local delicatessen who could be a good guy, but the effects of organized the organized Jewish lobby uh, on America and the world, and Brother Nathaniel's just getting you know really kind of panicked he, he's, and he's, he's getting, laying
3: body blows on him and um, uh, Alex's shadow boxing. And
2: then at the end, Alex Jones, I guess, I don't know why he brought this up, why you have to ask somebody their opinions on Adolf Hitler when you're talking about current events in the current year. But he gets to this thing. Well, Brother Nathaniel, you got to agree that uh, Adolf Hitler was uh, a demon. Deviling, he Deviling he was you know, possessed by Satan and all of this you know, wacky stuff. He was satanic. You could see evil in his eyes. You look at the pictures
3: of Hitler. And Brother Nathaniel, what did he say? I should play it so we get it right. Well, well what he said was look at pictures of him or mo- motion pictures of him with children. Children can detect evil. They do not cotton up to evil people. They cottoned up. To uh, that, that's my that's, well, that's brother. His. Well, it, it was
2: something along those lines. But, but, well, I anyway, mean, he, said
3: he cottoned up to the children liked him, and that is very telling to him. And Alex Jones just about well, uh, that's what that's, that's what he, he got yeah. fell out of his. Well, seat. you've
2: seen the memes with the walkie-talkie. Shut it down. Shut it down now. And that was pretty much the end of the interview. But again, I don't even see why Alex. I mean, that's just such a. Uh, A Bush League move, really. You're talking about serious issues, and then you got to bring up, you know, somebody's opinion of Hitler, like a gotcha question, like, okay, let's see what you do with this one.
3: Well, you know, Alex Jones, someone needs to tell him, look, you're not getting any uh, mileage from your enemies. You're not getting any dispensation. You're not getting any pardon from them by coming in soft. So you might as well let the guy that you have interviewed say his piece. And
2: why? I mean, I don't understand why, Alex. And, again, there's some things I like about him, some things I, you know, d- d- he certainly has a different approach than I do on some of these issues, but uh, I don't understand why you can't just let Brother Nathaniel speak his mind. He's your guest. Why do you have to debate him? Why not just ask him questions? You're the interviewer. He's the, 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 the interviewee. Well, I,
3: what he is, he's like uh, Grandpappy Amos on the old TV program, The Real McCoys. He roars like a lion, but he's gentle as a lamb. When it comes to the Jewish question Butter will not melt in Alex Jones's <laughs> mouth. On the other things, he just goes into high dudgeon. He just about has a stroke in every show about something, <laughs> you know, and they tend to be inconsequential issues, okay? Well, you know, like
2: I say, Keith, we try to fly above the turbulence. I don't like to uh, to do all of this stuff where you're competing with other people who – uh, and I certainly don't do the thing where oh, I agree with this guy on all of this stuff, but I disagree with him on a couple of things, and so therefore he's all bad. I mean, a lot of people do that. I'm not saying that about Alex Jones. I'm just saying when he does interviews like this, I don't really understand why he even has them on. Well, I, because look,
3: I understand. But, but why
2: they, does he even have them on if that's all he's going to do, is just kind of get upset and hot and bothered and then –
3: He thinks he's going to get them to pull their punches in some way and that he'll get credit from the power brokers, Jewish power and influence in America and in the world, particularly in the Western world. And that somehow that's going to cause them to see him in a new light. But they never will. Look, they have censored him, they have uh, t- tormented him, they've taken multi million dollar judgments against him that he n- has no hope of paying. But, you know, nonetheless, it's like Trump. It's like so many, uh, you know, everybody that runs for Congress in America. They think that somehow know badly how badly they get treated by jewish power and influence they've got to try well, to pacify them they've here's got the to thing. try to prove that they're not a threat and guess what it never works you're
2: definitely not going to curry favor neither of us know really what alex jones is thinking and so uh but i mean we can uh, we can say that this is what happened now anyway fast forward to wednesday i believe it was he was going to have brother nathaniel back on he was going to have him back on. To his credit, to Alex Jones's credit, he was even after that first interview, he was going to have him back on to talk about Brother Nathaniel's take on the next pandemic and the—I can't pronounce it in Yiddish. Shabbat. We're going to call it Shabbat. That's not the way they say it. Come on.
3: But anyway, whatever it is. <laughs> but the, the tunnel got in secret New York tunnels around this or, uh, Orthodox conservative uh, synagogue.
2: All right. And we're not going to get into the fever swamps of the Internet as to what that tunnel was really being used for, you know, really, quote, unquote. But uh, Brother Nathaniel th- uh, he says he has the handle on it. So we're going to talk to uh, we're him. We're just
3: and- going to ask the expert, Brother Nathaniel, what he thinks, and we're going to sit back and we're all going to listen. Well,
2: and but here's the thing. but A couple of minutes before he was going to go on the show with Alex to talk about this, The producer called him and said, uh, We're overbooked. Now, I've been in this business for 20 years in media and in talk radio as the host of a show. And never once in 20 years have I overbooked a show to where, you know, it's like an airplane where you sell 10% higher than your capacity because you expect some cancellations, and if the cancellations don't come, you're overbooked. Nobody, no professional really does that.
3: Now It's just maybe, a damnable lie. Hold on. We is. don't know.
2: I mean, I, you're you know, guessing. You don't know.
3: Well, I'm giving you my opinion. I don't think that there's any doubt that they just decided that they could not control Brother Nathaniel. He was uh, He had too much Tiger in his tank.
2: Well, I mean, why book him again and then have him be somewhere at, and ready to go and then moments before you cancel him? Something had to well, have well, legitimately come up. We don't know what, and it's only well, a speculation. A lot of
3: people are tuned in, waiting to hear Brother Nathaniel. Maybe he wanted those people in his audience, but you know, he just makes himself look weak. Alex All Jones right. makes himself look weak by pulling stunts. Like I will this. tell
2: you what I I have never done that. It's, uh, but I I there there have been shows where. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a, a story, an interesting story, maybe a funny story. And then we're going to get into some some topics, and we're going to get to Brother Nathaniel. And I'll tell you about the phone call I had with Brother Nathaniel after I received his email about Alex Jones canceling uh, his uh, second interview of the week at the last minute. A little more about this, then we're going to get into some hard topics. So much more to come. Augustus Invictus, Brother Nathaniel, and more. Stay tuned. <laughs>
0: That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com.
2: got to get into three quick hitting topics this segment before we welcome our first guest of the evening, Augustus Invictus. But just to wrap up with the Alex Jones overbooking excuse as to why Brother Nathaniel couldn't come back on the second time at the last minute to talk about these Shawshank Redemption style tunnels in New York and uh, other pressing affairs of state. Overbook. You don't overbook. Now I'll tell you some things that I have done before. If there is Breaking news that
3: Knocks it off. a
2: guest in our rotation is uniquely qualified to speak on, and we're all, we already have a full show, I will call a guest – and We're say, listen, is it possible to reschedule? Would that cause you any conflict or hardships? If it is, we'll stick with you. Because when you make an agreement with somebody, I'm going to be there and you're going to be there, you should stick to your word. That's what men do.
3: There was no excuse like, uh, that, oh, we've had this late-breaking news over in the Middle East, for example, well, and we've got to pull.
2: Well, actually, you know what Alex Jones did? He went on and talked about the the same topics with another Jewish guest who is a little more... I guess palatable I, I, to Alex I, I Jones. Is. Bit more pliable. <laughs> anyway, uh, but what I will do is I, I will ask if somebody uh, would, wouldn't mind being rescheduled. And if they agree, we might bring somebody in. And I did that one time with David Duke. I got to tell you a funny story about this. It was a few years ago when Steve Scalise was big time in the news. Now, they actually brought this back up when Steve Scalise was briefly mentioned as a candidate for Speaker of the House back when Kevin McCarthy got the boot. That Steve Scalise, many, many years ago, uh, spoke at one of David Duke's conferences. And everybody in the media, this was in the early 2000s, I think, but it didn't actually become news until several years you, later. You
3: think he'd engage in a black mass well,
2: well, anyway, all of the media was trying to find out, was he really there, was he not there? And there was a lot of different theories. Well, he spoke there, and Duke was there too. Or he spoke to Duke's group, but Duke wasn't there. Or it was actually uh, a Duke associate who was having a meeting, and he was at that one. And so nobody could really get the story straight. And so, you know, of course, I called David Duke, and, you know, we have him on, and and we have him on, and and we had rescheduled somebody to do that because it was all in the news. The only two people that talked to David Duke about that story were yours truly and Bill O'Reilly, if you can believe it. This was uh, late in Bill O'Reilly's run at Fox, and Bill O'Reilly had him on. And I was watching it live. Uh, when Bill had David on to ask him because he wanted, you know, to get the scoop straight from David, was Steve Scalise there or not? That was the whole interview. And David was in the studio with Bill O'Reilly, and he brought a copy of Jewish Supremacism with him, the book, to the studio. And you know, Bill O'Reilly gets him on, and he's like, "Well, you know, was he there or was he not there?" And David's like, "Well, you know, I want to tell you, but let's first talk about Jewish Supremacism." <laughs> <laughs> And he shows the book, and to illustrate it, he goes, "You know, I want to talk about my book, Jewish Suprem- <laughs> Supremacism." It does uh, Battle of the Times. If you, if you
3: had David Duke and Brother Nathaniel on the same program, it would be, uh, it, w- it would be uh, <laughs> uh, like a. Uh, A nuclear uh, uh, holocaust.
2: (laughs) Well, and so, you know, Bill's shifting in his, O'Reilly's shifting in his share. But, you know, David gets to spend a few seconds, you know, getting his word out. And then Bill interrupts him, of course. He says, no, 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 listen, we're not talking about that. Was Steve Scalise at your meeting? And he goes, you know, I I definitely want to get to that. But, you know, we need to let's talk a little bit more about Jewish supremacism. And it went on two or three times. You know, Bill would always yell at guests. He comes off as very abrasive. It's 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 a tough act for a cuck to pull off. You know you're a cuck, but you're going to try to yell at people, so it doesn't really work. Well,
3: you're going to try to go up against strong-willed people like David Duke and Brother Nathaniel. And believe me, uh, you better bring on your, you better be wearing your big boy pants when you do well, that. Well,
2: at the third time David Duke uh, was asked, was Steve Scalise really at the meeting? You know, was it your meeting? You know, tell us. He's you know. He shows the book again. He says, Well, you know, I really can't remember. <laughs> he might have been there. And he never really gave him an answer. Anyway, as soon as David got off the O'Reilly Factor, I was watching it live. I called him on his cell phone. I was laughing. You know, I was laughing. And uh, <laughs> he answered the phone. He had just been off the air with O'Reilly for just a few seconds. And he goes, Well, I couldn't put it any more plainly than that. <laughs> anyway that's just a fun behind the scenes story <laughs> I
3: said, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a definite maybe <laughs>
2: <laughs> he never answered the question as to whether or not he was really there but he used the whole appearance to you know boost show his, boost promote his book <laughs> Jewish supremacist anyway that's a fun story I whenever I write my autobiography folks I don't know if I've ever told that story on the air before I called David as soon as he got off though Riley answered the phone and uh, we were laughing about that. But anyway. Well,
3: one thing that neither Brother Nathaniel nor David will do <laughs> is allow themselves to be used by their in- interlocutor. That's right. And that's where Alex Jones makes Well, I called
2: Brother Nathaniel and uh, I, once he got canceled, and that's what led to his appearance tonight. And I said, you know, first of all, I meant to call you a couple of days ago and tell you you did a magnificent job with Alex Jones the first go around. And I just received your email telling me that the second appearance had, had been canceled. And he was just really excited to hear from me. He said, and I said, you know, do you want to come on, to come on the show this weekend? Do, you know, are you available Saturday night? He said, James, I would come on with you at 3 a.m. on Christmas morning. He said, yes. He said, the Lord gives me the audience that I need. And that really meant a lot because Alex Jones's audience is obviously bigger than ours. Well,
3: the thing is, we don't back up. You know, we're like that. Bumper, uh, that license plate they used to have in the South when I was growing up, ain't scared. Anyway. Now, we are not scared.
2: So that's to, to set the table for the second hour. Now, we got five minutes and three topics. Let's see if we can do this. The Iowa primary, Now we did, or the caucus, rather. We didn't really talk about this uh, too much, um, not really much to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Donald Trump's going to uh, walk through the Iowa caucuses like Godzilla. But it, it's interesting to me, the thing we were talking about at the pre-show uh, supper tonight was the GOP – always tries to promote the one candidate in their field who is most like a Democrat. This time it's Nikki Haley. Uh, in 1996, they could have gone with Pat Buchanan. They went with that resurrected cadaver, Bob Dole. Very interesting. They're just beholden to either APAC, the Israel lobby, the Chamber of Commerce, you know, corporate America. And Democrats this Nikki are- Haley stuff has been <laughs> disgusting to
3: watch. Look, the Democrats one and Republicans are like uh, two sides of the same coin. Uh, George Wallace was right. The difference between the Democrats and the Republicans are the difference between Tweedledum and Tweedledee. He also said there's not a dime's worth of difference between them. Basically, the Republicans do the mop-up work for the uh, Democrats. The Democrats are directly our opponents. And on the other hand, when they have a chance to be our champions, the Republican uh, Party hierarchy is always missing in action.
2: All right. You had a great line about this during the pre-show prep, and I hope you can give it to us again. I can't even remember what it was, but I was saying I wish you would say it exactly that way on the show tonight. The bombs are dropping. Biden, who has so (laughs) mismanaged everything, uh, now bombing Yemen. You got, like, I don't know what you call somebody in Yemen. I'm guessing Yemenese. You got a million Yemenese in the streets and um, (laughs) – Uh, again, thirteen days into the new year, if you're listening live, and already they're expanding the war in the Middle East, and this is a powder keg ready to go.
3: Well, it's like I told you at the pre-trial. Um, it's a pre-trial
2: conference. Hang on. Uh, okay. All right. So you know we want to silence that when we're on the air.
3: This is another scam. Wanted. All right. Let's see. All
2: right. Just hand me that, and you you get back on the mic. We got one minute on
3: this one. Hurry, 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 hurry. Okay. Go, here's go, go, here's go. what it is. There are adults in the room. His phone saying, literally said scam likely. Yeah. see, what it is... Who are the adults in the room? The adults in the room are the Arabs. They're the ones that are limiting their uh, drone attacks to shipping from the Israelis or to the Israelis. They're not getting all the rest of the world's product coming and going. They know what the manifest is on all of these ships, and they only intend to hurt the Israelis. They may have now broadened that to America because America is doing the heavy lifting for Israel, as usual... We're the ones providing all the money, uh, providing the warships and whatnot, while Netanyahu's just sitting there in Tel Aviv barking out orders, okay? Or maybe it's Jerusalem now after uh, uh, Trump made Jerusalem the actual capital of uh, Israel. But, look, the ones showing restraint, and it's incredible how much restraint they're showing, are the Arab nations around there, Iran, of, of you know, Saudi Arabia, Yemen of, you know, Syria, all of these companies, uh, all of the Arab world is trying to send a message to the Israelis, but they're not trying to broaden the war to make it a general war, which is, and that's why what what restraint is being used is not being reported. They want you to think as a member of the American or the Western European public that The Arabs have gone hog-wild and pig-crazy and are bombing everything in sight.
2: And we're going to get into more of this in the third hour, so stay tuned. Uh, But one thing i got to work in very quickly. This was – I saw this and I thought it had to be a parody. What's DEI stand for? I never can remember.
3: Diversity, equity, and inclusion.
2: So here's Jonathan Greenblatt of the ADL, and he writes in a tweet this week, It's critical for any push for diversity in any industry to be inclusive of Jews. If your project of inclusion perpetuates the exclusion of Jews, you are failing. So we applaud the many celebrities for their courage in standing up, speaking out, and writing to the Academy. He's talking about Hollywood A-list actors to demand change. As if there's, I mean, I guess he's saying that Jews are being excluded in Hollywood?
3: And that is, uh, yeah. Hollywood doesn't- <laughs> That's like saying, uh, you know, there, there's uh, no tea in China. I mean, if you can <laughs> believe this, uh, you know, why would they even want to bring attention to themselves? They're 2% of the population... But a hundred percent of the CEOs and all the uh, major movie studios, they're at least fifty percent of the actors and actresses, voice actors, and also people behind the scenes, cameramen uh, and other support staff in Hollywood. And uh, we all know about John Travolta's famous comment, which I won't repeat here. But nonetheless, you know, uh, yeah, you know, they want to be treated like they're a despised minority but they have, and supposedly the acid test of that is that you have no power or wealth. They have all the power and wealth, folks, and now they want to bring that. That's not enough.
2: They're underrepresented in Hollywood if you sort of just read between the lines on this, according to the head of the
3: ADL. And then if the truth came out, I mean, it would hit like a... Well, it's 100% uh,
2: of the studio heads and about half the actors, right?
3: Oh, yeah. It's just incredible. The stars. It's a Jewish operation from start to finish. has been... Since 1939, when Walt Disney was the one uh, studio, major studio, owned by Gentile.
2: We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, with Augustus Invictus. Stay tuned.
5: Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
6: USA News, I'm Laura Winters. We begin this Saturday with the nightmare weather conditions in Iowa, snow, and freezing temperatures in the state. That is literally the center of the political world for the next few days ahead of the caucuses come Monday. All of the Republican candidates busy campaigning despite the weather conditions. Nikki Haley telling reporters, This is an unbelievable amount of snow. Um, but we are going to continue to try and touch as many people as we can.
4: I was shocked at how many people were willing to come, uh, given how much snow is on the ground, Uh, but I'm going to use every minute I can to be able to uh, to win votes.
6: And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis saying...
4: We have a lot of people that we have signed up to commit to for us over many months. I think they're motivated, they're passionate, and they're going to show up. What about the broader electorate? I just don't know, uh, but I'm confident our people are going to come out strong.
6: In other news, President Biden calling the strikes against the Houthi rebels in Yemen a success. The president on a campaign stop at a school in Allentown, Pennsylvania. The DOD Department of Defense says to expect some sort of Houthi rebel retaliation. But the group, which is backed by Iran, has been attacking ships in the Red Sea for months now. The Biden administration, along with military partners in Britain, finally carrying out massive strikes in Yemen.
7: I would hope that they don't retaliate. But we're prepared in the event that they do.
6: Lieutenant General Douglas Sims at a Pentagon press conference late Friday afternoon.
7: The hope would be that any real thought of retaliation is based on a clear understanding that, uh, you know, we we simply are not going to be messed with here. This is, uh, this is all about creating freedom of navigation for the, for the international shipping.
6: And if you're wondering where is Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he remains at Walter Reed Medical Center being treated for complications related to prostate cancer surgery. This is USA News.
8: The Honorable Cause, of Free South, is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalists authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie? The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson-Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of the Political Cesspool. Folks, I
2: want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-888-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Ladies and gentlemen, back uh, with you now and back with us is Augustus Invictus of the Augustus uh, Invictus Law Firm. Check it out at AugustusInvictus.com. This is a man, I think is an American success story. I think it is a story that certainly inspires me, and I am happy to have him back on the show. I haven't talked to him since uh, just days after uh, my libel lawsuit came to its conclusion, and he came on the show to share my lamentations with me. But let me read you a couple of things from... Uh, his website. I have been where you are. I have been maliciously prosecuted by the police and by attorneys. I've been thrown in isolation and starved for crimes I did not commit. I have been illegally targeted for mistreatment by corrections officers. I have been convicted in the court of public opinion without the opportunity of a trial. I have seen slander admitted as evidence in court. I have watched prosecutors repeatedly break the law to push false charges. I have witnessed the total breakdown of the rule of law. I've had a front row seat to corruption you could not imagine. I know what it's like to feel that your lawyer and everyone else has forgotten you. I know the feeling of being without news for weeks and months at a time. I know the pain of being incarcerated on your kids' birthdays. I know what you're going through. Your lawyer says he understands, but does he? I was set up on false charges and left for dead. I have survived and so can you. And he writes that uh, he has gone from accused to advocate, from inmate to attorney, and he is licensed to practice law in the state of Florida. Folks, if you need a good one, Augustus, it is great to have
9: you back. Good to be back, man. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, it's uh, entirely our honor, and I want to give credit. We won't mention his name, but a mutual friend up in the New York, New Jersey area said, hey, you got to get back in touch with Augustus. You've got to get back on the show. You've got some news about Charlottesville you want to share. What's going on?
9: I do. Unfortunately, uh, that... (laughs) That write-up on the uh, website, I got to say, a success story is uh, not something I get called often, I suppose. Um, but that that was actually previous <laughs> false charges. But uh, now we've uh, – a bunch of us have been arrested for having been at Charlottesville Uh Going on seven years ago now um, for the uh, Unite the Right rally. Considering what the you've night gone before. through,
3: Augustus, this is Keith Alexander. I just want to say, considering what you've gone through, success is measured by the fact that you've survived it all. And got now.
2: And I suppose so. Yeah, yeah.
9: Absolutely. Well, thank you. Well, what's going on with
3: you. that? So you were, you
2: were the ones that caught up in this dragnet seven years later about having been at the Tiki Torch March, which you would have thought would have been a First Amendment protected Expression, but obviously this isn't uh, your your granddaddy's
3: yeah, he, America. Yeah, you always wonder what would happen to uh, if they treated John Lewis and Martin Luther
9: well, King like you. You. Exactly. you know what? You just
3: texted me something about that. Go with that, Augustus.
9: Yeah. So I actually use that same example, man. I say, look, if Martin Luther King were walking through Birmingham, Alabama, and the Ku Klux Klan were protesting it, right, and then. They leave and then the Ku Klux Klan takes over the judiciary and they take over the prosecutor's office. And then six years later, they go and arrest Martin Luther King and all of his people and drag them back to Birmingham from all across the country and prosecute them for a felony. No one would stand for that. And that is exactly what they have done in Charlottesville. Just it's the Antifa who took over the prosecutor's office and the judiciary and they dragged all of us back to Charlottesville. It's insanity. It It could never Be countenanced in America until now.
3: Sure, because First Amendment only applies to the right people, apparently.
9: (laughs) Yeah, some people are more well. I you know I I say of course
2: you're an attorney, a licensed to practice, a member in good standing of the Florida Bar and in other states as well. But I, I often say, now you correct me if I'm wrong. I'm a layman. Uh, you're you're a professional, but I say the thing that matters most, and this isn't a, a uniform thing. I know there are still some just judges in certain municipalities. The more blue your your court, uh, the more likely you're you're not going to get a fair shake. But it seems as though increasingly, what matters is not precedent or rule of law. It is whose side you're on.
9: Oh, absolutely. You know, and and they talked about that in uh, Solzhenitsyn's work as well. And now it's come to America. Uh, but you know, you you'd made the point earlier about. Um, you know it's it's First Amendment protected speech, right? And amazingly, the previous two prosecutors thought exactly that. Uh, the person who was in power at the time, uh, Robert Tracy, he said, "Look, I know you guys are mad about this, but this is First Amendment protected speech. They're walking through a college campus. This is protected constitutional activity. Uh, we can't prosecute this. This is not a crime. None of these people committed a crime." The second person came in there, uh, won an election. He refused to prosecute, said this is not a crime. Tim Heafy, who wrote the Heafy Report, said this is not a crime. If you want to expand this statute to say, well, you can't burn open flames or you can't burn torches or something, then okay. But right now, as the law is written, this is absolutely not a crime. And then they finally got Jim Hingley to take over the office. Did this election, got him in there, brought Antifa, who were actually present at the rally to become prosecutors in the office P- all these people used to be public defenders amazingly they took over the prosecutor's office and then they deliberately waited all this time and then got a grand jury and they've done what they've done now
3: well you know we've taken this position um uh, augustus that it is a bad mistake for people on our part to get involved in protests we were, we had people try to draw us into January the 6th and into mm-hmm. Charlottesville. We said we'll certainly report on it and send a reporter up there, but it's a trap. They're laying a trap for people, and I think it's proven to be prophetic. But it, on the other hand, there's no reason any American citizen should have – Felt that way about participating in a uh, nonviolent. Protest. Well, we've
2: talked about Charlottesville so many times on this show. Uh, we, we reported full three hours uh, live uh, on the night when it was all so raw, eyewitness testimony, mm-hmm. and for years since Jason Kessler. Every, you know, so many of the major players that were there. Uh, were, uh, have been on the show, and we continue to talk about it year after year. Yeah, but there's no doubt about it. I mean, you, you look at it. It's, you had a permit. It's a public square. This isn't a private event. So on and on and on. Every, everybody, everybody knows these things. I don't want to relitigate all of that. But there is, you know, you sent me a nice summation, Augustus, of what you wanted to cover tonight. I don't know if we could do much better than to read it verbatim, but there has been uh, an interesting new development here. Uh, go in with that in any direction you'd like.
9: Uh, which new development? Oh, you mean the, the disqualifications? <laughs> yeah, the disqualifications of <laughs> yeah. the, uh, yeah. the prosecutors. So, yeah, so I was uh, – these people, man, I was in Virginia uh, back in June. I was, I was in Virginia, and I get back home to Florida, and they arrest me when I get back home, and they put me in jail for a month. They arrest me in front of my kids, by the way. Uh, in broad daylight, take me to jail, keep me there for a month, X-Drive me back to Virginia. All they had to do was call me on the phone and say, hey, come turn yourself in. And then they try to get me denied bond. I get out. And then we find out, hold on a second, this prosecutor was there. He was there on August 11th. He he was one of the Antifa organizers who was a liaison between the, the police and the Antifa groups. And he was one of the people who took over the prosecutor's office with Hingley. He was one of the goons. Yeah. Well, he was was one not one of the goons. I mean, this guy, he's a, I got to admit, he's a a smart guy. He's a brilliant guy. Uh, He's one of the organizers. So, you know, when we found that out, and then we find out, not only that, but he is apparently working with the chief judge's daughter, the chief judge's wife is all over the Internet saying F white people and, you know, all the white supremacists, <laughs> domestic terrorists, all this. The ch- the chief judge's wife is saying these things, talking with Molly Conger, an Antifa journalist there in Charlottesville, who has exclusive access to these files from the prosecutor's office, as if by magic. She knows all of the people who are going to be arrested before we even knew we had warrants out because they put out secret warrants. But they told her. So this sort of corruption, just I just you couldn't imagine it in America ten years ago, and now it's here. So is there any recourse we these motions? against
3: these people? Is there any way that you can bring suit against them or? Well, hey, I think he was just absolutely. getting into their pain. Yeah,
9: yeah go, ahead. go ahead, Absolutely, yeah. So you know, and people ask me a lot uh, to sue cops and to sue the government, to sue everybody, and I always tell them, look, you got to win first. Like, they, there is no civil lawsuit until you win. Once you get to the court, whether it's federal or state, they're gonna tell you the criminal case is still outstanding. You know, even if you didn't wanna wait for it, like, I can't have you testify in here because all that's gonna be used in your criminal trial. And for malicious prosecution, one of the elements, at least here in Florida, is that you have to be actually innocent and the case has to be resolved. So, first things first, you gotta win the case. But then, yes, absolutely, it's obviously malicious prosecution they're calling us terrorists they were antifa organizers the night of the event they took over the prosecutor's office in order to prosecute us i mean it's not like they were like oh well you know what we could do better jobs a a lot of people don't
3: understand this so augustus which is that prosecutors are held to a higher standard than private attorneys they can't be partners. absolutely well
2: okay uh, to your point keith and augustus uh, to yours as well uh, people forget and we talked about this i listened to every minute of the charlottesville civil trial back a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and judge moon who presided over that trial his own clerk <laughs> was part of the
9: antifa uh, yeah and, the entire uh, town it's an is amazing like that. thing yeah, the entire town is like that. I mean, <laughs> so you have somebody. Here's another it amazing.
3: It was a little Ivy.
9: Go ahead, Augustus.
3: Yeah, go,
2: hold on. Go ahead, uh, go ahead Augustus.
9: Uh, yeah, sure. That's what, um, so. One of the amazing things I've never seen this in any courthouse. I, I've practiced, you know, coast to coast, up and down the East Coast. I've, I've been in courtrooms everywhere, and I have never seen this. These judges in Charlottesville, they share the same chambers. They share the same staff. They have access to all the same files. So if you've got one judge who's got a tainted family or a tainted law clerk or a tainted secretary or something, the other judge has the same thing. So that's why the judges themselves are recused. Well, that's part of the reason the judges are recused. But they've appointed now outside judges, and now that they've disqualified the prosecutors, now they have to appoint a special prosecutor. All
2: right. I, I, I want to direct people uh, to VDAR. And i got to give Peter Brimelow a lot of credit uh, for continuing to platform Jason Kessler. I talk to Jason pretty often. I don't want to say weekly, but uh, at least monthly, uh, sometimes more than that. And I like Jason. Uh, I know a lot of people have kind of abandoned him, you know, uh, and all of that. But I like Jason, and I really like uh, his insights that he writes for V-Dare. And just on uh, what date is this? This is uh, just uh, two days ago, if you're listening live, uh, January the 11th. VDare posted this headline, more Charlottesville narrative collapse. Prosecutors as well as judges forced to recuse and unite the right tiki torch persecutions. Now, that's what we're talking about right now with Augustus Invictus, who was a player there as well, and one of the persecuted, now an attorney. I do think that is a tremendous success story. And you're doing great work, Augustus. But uh, again, if you want to read this for yourself, you want to read what we're talking about, so you can get the full money. You can go to Vdair and find Jason Kessler's latest piece. But again, what are, are we talking about, and exactly how profound is this development?
9: Uh, it's incredible. Um, this is something so rare that uh, you know I've, I've met. Because I've you maybe don't expect us to handful win handful of judges, especially refused. not this court. Well, I mean, just in regular cases, even in normal everyday cases, you know, robberies or rape or DUI or murder, like you, you rarely see a judge being recused. I I have literally never seen all the judges (laughs) recused. Uh, I I don't know if I've ever seen the prosecutor's office being recused. This might be the first time I've ever seen that. I've I've been doing law for well over a decade now. Um, So it's tremendously important. So what's
2: it, what does it mean? What's the bottom line here? I mean, how does, what, 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 is, what can we build well, on from this?
9: Bottom line in terms of the Charlottesville cases is, and the prosecutor's office knows this, like the jig is up. Everybody knows now how corrupt this town is. Everybody knows that it was a politically motivated prosecution. I mean, Hingley himself is lying to the judge's face in court, saying we have no idea what their political uh, ideologies are. While, you know... Two, three months ago, he's giving an interview saying, uh, well, these are all white supremacists and domestic terrorists, and we need to prosecute them as such. And So as far as that, like you're asking, like, what's the, the bigger ramifications here? As far as that, these cases are effectively over, right, going and they forward. know it. Like, they're in the death throes. Um, it's still not over Really? Yet. Well, the basically what they're going to do, they're going to
3: but... replace the whole prosecutorial staff with a mm-hmm. fair group, and Charlottesville is a particularly uh, – Egregious situation. Okay, uh, I think it was Sam Francis that called it at one point a little ivy-colored uh, covered uh, North Korea.
9: <laughs> that's, that's not a bad uh, a bad description. Even back then, I yeah. didn't know that yeah,
3: he uh, died. He died eleven years before Charlottesville. Well, more than wow, that, right? So it's always been. He like died uh, two thousand five. I thought. Y-
2: yeah yeah you're right 12 yeah 11 12 years anyway uh yeah back to you augustus uh, tell us more and then i'm going to get to something that we just learned since we've been on the air since we've been on the air sure. there's breaking news that i think is interesting but go ahead augustus
9: yeah what well, you were asking about the greater ramifications for for all of us not just charlottesville but after this i you know i when i was in jail for instance not not because of Charlottesville, but before that, years ago when all of that stuff happened to me that you read uh, earlier on the show, um, a lot of people were just like, look, they, they gave me up for dead. They just assumed I was never getting out, I was gonna die in prison, they were gonna bury me there. And they were like, this guy can't possibly get a fair trial, um, it's just over. Like if you're a right-wing activist, it's you're done for. Like, do, Just give up and die. Um, I think that you know showed a lot of people there is hope. And now that this is happening in Charlottesville and the whole world sees it now, the whole all the corruption is now exposed for everybody to see. Everybody knows that whole well, the prosecution world should a see it,
3: Augustus, but I doubt that it's going to be uh, reported by the mainstream at all. Uh, I mean, that
2: matters uh, won't a little, be reported by it's not the whole story.
9: Well, and plus, all our people see it. Everybody on the right wing knows what's happened. And, you know, the J6 situation is pr- Pretty bad uh, but very similar there are some white pills yeah. there too oh yeah the whole setup was similar the prosecutions are similar but there are people winning there is some hope there and now that Charlottesville has just completely gone up in flames uh, metaphorically obviously um, you know <laughs> everybody should uh, should take got be clear about the white pill <laughs> we, we do unfortunately you know there's a part in there where they, uh, this prosecutor keeps saying in all these hearings well Invictus said we forgot our our uh, our pitchforks so that's all we have are our torches like Obviously, yeah, that's, see, that's interesting, And well, he's they, the using thing. that I as mean, like, oh, they, they intended to, to terrorize people. It's like, dude. Well, you, you know, know it's
3: what? like January the 6th. In January the <laughs> 6th, they were using the word insurrection before January the 6th. Well,
2: I mean, it was yeah. Trump said go, you know, all of that. Pat Buchanan's rhetoric. Every campaign has always had that rhetoric. Pat Buchanan, Pitchfork Pat, you know, saddle up and ride to the sound of the guns. That's what he told everybody after he won New Hampshire in 1996. Yeah, that's I illegal mean, now. Pardon. In- <laughs> <laughs> Part and parcel yeah. political rhetoric uh, I gotta ask you this uh, AugustusInvictus.com uh, You right at the very top Of your masthead there You are an attorney for the damned You're licensed in more states Than people might realize Where all are you licensed?
9: I am licensed in Florida Massachusetts, Illinois, New York I'm at, uh, licensed in uh, where am I? <laughs> The United States Supreme Court Of course uh, The federal district here uh, in, the, in Central Florida um, and the fourth, uh, appellate court federal, uh, which is, uh, Virginia and Maryland.
3: Did you have so to take the bar in all of those States? Keith, Keith is all an Ford attorney. States, where are you barred yeah. at? Where are you not barred? Uh, I'm, but I'm, I'm barred I'm I'm, everywhere. But <laughs> where are you licensed in Keith? I'm, I'm, I'm licensed in Mississippi and Tennessee. And, uh, I've practiced, uh, in the fifth circuit in Texas and Arkansas, all sorts of places. But, um. That's by comedy, as they used to call it, you know, pro hoc VC with some local. So you
2: you as an attorney want to know, Augustus, did you have to go to all those states and pass their bars? How does that work? I'm interested. The states,
9: yeah. But then there are some places like the United States Supreme Court, for instance, where I just I needed a sponsor and you have to be practicing for so long. And then I have one of the J6 cases. I did have to waive in Pro Hague vice for that. So I needed a sponsor for that. Um, But the states, yeah, you got to take the bar in the states.
2: Hey, we've got an attorney uh, in the D.C. area who just sent us an email saying he is very impressed with all of the states you're licensed in. And, you know, that is one thing that our movement has done increasingly well in recent years is you have a lot of very talented Kyle Bristow, Glenn Allen, Augustus Invictus. Mm-hmm. There are more and more people that have become very talented. Of course, ta- Sam
3: Dixon before. Well, I, I, I mean, yeah, guns he's guns the lion. The
2: he's the lion, of course. But. Yeah, so there, 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 there's that. Now, uh, shifting gears very quickly, it is good to see that there are so many uh, capable attorneys who uh, are standing strong and uh, putting themselves well, out I there.
3: Have to, I'm, I'm very impressed about what's happened in Charlottesville with the prosecutorial staff because that's one thing that I just didn't think we'd ever get a win in.
2: Well, I get, I got one for you, and I just shared this with Augustus uh, in the last break before we came back live, and this uh, is something that I learned even after tonight's show started, and Augustus didn't even know about it. And so perhaps there are some of you listening who didn't know about this. Here is the entire post by Vivek Ramaswamy. He writes, and this was uh, posted uh, obviously very recently, the MSM, the mainstream media, spits in the face of the people every single day with ad nauseum and flagrant lies. And you think the 2024 election is any different? Open your eyes and see the trap they're walking us into right now. And he writes examples of this to illustrate. He writes Russia collusion, the Hunter Biden laptop story, Bubba Wallace, Jesse Smollett, Covington Catholic kids, Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot, Uh, Don't Stay Gay was in the bill, Migrant Kids in Cages, Uh, Georgia election integrity was the new Jim Crow, Duke Lacrosse kids, Zelensky is a paragon of democracy. J6, peaceful BLM riots. Evermectin is a horse dewormer. Trump used tear gas to clear a crowd for a Bible photo. And
10: number and three. At,
2: is- at the very top of the list is Charlottesville.
9: Uh, that To
2: me, I, that is noteworthy.
9: It is because you know how much flack Trump got for just saying they're good people on both sides and you people in the media lie and we got to see what happened. That alone was just, uh, you know, unbelievable. So for Vivek to come out and say, look, this is a false narrative. I mean, that's just such a bold statement. You can't imagine put it at the top of the list of the things that the MSN, the mainstream
2: media, is lying about. At the top of the list is Charlottesville. This
3: is a guy. You know, he's an also ram, but I mean, he's getting a lot of attention right now. Good for him. The thing is, I I don't know how you overcome the advantage that the mainstream has because so many people just think about turning on their TV or their uh, uh, maybe the radio on their car or something like that going to the computer and trying to dig up the truth is not something a lot of people do but we've got the word is getting out and it's i am I believe we're seeing the worm turn a bit on this and congratulations yeah. on your victory up there in Charlottesville you that's a major victory if nothing uh, if nothing else good happens in that case by getting the prosecutorial staff recused in this case by court order
9: yeah thank you i might have to qualify that a bit and say that was just one defendant So I think there might be nine or ten of us now. And in Virginia, the law is apparently strange where there is no collateral estoppel. So all ten of us can have completely different judges, completely different rulings. Uh, I mean, I think at this point everybody knows it's a farce. There's no question in my mind that every judge is going to disqualify these prosecutors after they find out what they've done. But we still have to go to the hearing on it. You know, we still have to fight it out. But it's all downhill from here, in my opinion.
2: The battle continues. Augustus Invictus will be there. You learned the states in which he is licensed to practice. You need an attorney that's going to stick with you, an attorney that knows what you're going through, AugustusInvictus.com. Uh, check it out. Final word to you, and let's do this uh, far more frequently. It's been way too many years since we last spoke. I'm so glad we got a chance to reconnect we, we need,
3: tonight. We need a, a man in the trenches. Like yeah, we you. need
2: all hands yeah. on deck. I mean, there are great people doing great work, and that's the thing. I'm so proud about this show. We have the opportunity to showcase them, and you, you're listening to one right now. Final we're, word we're to you. We're
3: hearing the shells yeah, man. Thank over you. yeah. your head.
2: <laughs> Final word to you. Yeah,
9: we're out there, man. Yeah, well, you were saying that, you know, we got these attorneys and in the, in all that we're doing, but uh, I also point out a lot of people reach out to me and they're law students um and i've i've known a lot of law students who are now lawyers oh yes um, yes and, yeah and we've got a lot of people who reach out to me and they say hey man i'm thinking about going to law school and i automatically tell them don't do it because if you're not like, if you're not ready to to do all that suffering just don't do it because we have a high you know substance abuse problem in this profession and there's so much corruption in so many places. But you know, a lot of people want to do it. If you and want to got be in jeopardy of good you're people, spending the rest
3: so. of your life in jail, go right ahead.
9: Yeah, right. I mean, you're playing the game. It's it's the great game. So you're in it, and uh, it's it's important. It's one of the most important things you can playing do. Playing for keeps. So, absolutely.
3: Uh, what
2: uh, scale of one to ten? What level of surprise were you at when this? got handed down uh, th- this decision uh, that we've been talking about tonight i mean again i have to reiterate and have to say it twice of, uh, as a point of emphasis emphasis you don't expect to win in court you don't expect especially to win in the charlottesville case
3: or in a no but after the uh, county or venue
2: 30 seconds
9: right but they had taken out the judges already so once a new outside judge came in it was no surprise it was already over
2: Really? Okay, interesting. Well, again, you follow it a little bit more closely. We try to
3: follow it as closely as we can. Try to get the judiciary from Prince Edward County. They're the ones that
9: basically suspended <laughs> public schools yeah, back I'll in the 50s. I'll see what strings uh, I can pull.
3: Keith always <laughs> goes,
2: yeah, right. Keith always goes back to Brown. He finds a way to tie everything into Brown versus Board, but. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, I, I learned, I read a little bit about this from Jason Kessler's thing, and to me, I was colored shocked. But uh, anyway, people with their ears a little closer to the ground, perhaps not so much. Augustus and Victus, great to talk to you again. Let's do it again very soon. Stay safe. 100%. Godspeed. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll talk again. in there like Gunga Den. <laughs> we'll be right back, everybody. <laughs>
5: In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle
0: right now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Are you prepared to bug out? Infidel body armor and an army ranger have produced a high-speed
5: DVD and book to show you how to drive in combat, patrol, and how to survive in combat. Skills you'll need when it hits the fan. Go to DrivenDVD.com. DrivenDVD.com.
0: You're listening to the Political Cess Pull on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423.
1: You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic first hour. Now the moment everybody's been waiting for. The man of the hour himself, Brother Nathaniel Kappner, is back with us. I could give you his bio. Brother Nathaniel's been coming on this show for the last 15 years. Always great to talk to him. Always a fantastic discussion. But I don't know if he's ever come in on a night uh, where he's riding so much fanfare. Earlier this week, of course, as you know, Brother Nathaniel made an appearance on the Alex Jones Show. Magnificent performance. We talked a little bit about that in the first hour. I just thought it was the best I've ever seen him, and I've always seen him do well. And uh, I had it in mind to call him and tell him what a good job he did and uh, pat him on the back, and then I got the email that uh, the second appearance that he was scheduled to make had been canceled at the last minute and uh, asked him if he could come on tonight and here we are brother nathaniel is with us live brother great to have you
11: back james you know that
2: say that again i Um, think the producer was say that one more time you you got cut off
11: you and i go back man you know i've been on your (laughs) show you know a long long time ago okay When we were all excited and we were going to change everything and things have just gotten worse. (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, they've gotten
2: worse in some ways. I see some uh, rays of hopes that didn't exist perhaps 15 years ago when you made your first appearance. But, you know, uh, we need to remind folks that it wasn't just that you appeared 15 years ago. You appeared 15 years ago and every year since. And i got to say this since you mentioned the past. I always like to invoke the name of Bill Rowland when you're on. Our erstwhile co-host been called home to the Lord far too soon, in my opinion, but all in God's hands Every time he would host a show, if I was out, I used to take nights off back then, but as you said, it's gotten so bad now I can't even afford a night off. Bill would always say, what's Brother Nathaniel's number again? You yeah.
3: <laughs> he he were the one he would always yeah. roll. He had a great Southernism to describe. you. said you were strong as Garrett Snuff.
11: <laughs> no, Bill and I were tight. May, may his soul rest in peace. We were tight. Well,
2: well, those were the good old days, and we the fight still continues, and it's a different uh, front now, that's for sure. Well, but uh, well, I mean, a lot of things but have I changed. I
11: tell people this is a long war. It started in nineteen thirteen. It's a long war. Well, it really
3: in the nineteen twelve presidential election where the Jews set up uh, God Teddy Roosevelt to run as a third party guy to split the republican vote so right. Woodrow Wilson could get in. That
2: that's interesting, but that's not what we're here to talk about tonight. Let's talk about this brother Nathaniel. Your first Alex Jones appearance, your debut on the show. He gave you the platform. We'll give him credit for that. Uh, what did you cover?
6: Well, I
11: he wanted he gave me an opening statement. I was shocked. Cuz I told the producer, well, whatever he's going to ask me, I'm, I'm ready to answer. I, pretty quick on my feet you know but he just gave me the floor he let me talk I think for 10 minutes so I said okay we have to know who the enemy is we're fighting an enemy but like Sun Tzu says in the art of war you've got to know who your enemy is what their weapons are and what they plan on doing with these weapons and where they're located so I said well the Bible tells us, and Jesus said it twice, it's the synagogue of Satan. It's organized.
3: That's, it. That's in the Gospel of John, right? Or is that it's in the, the Apocalypse? Revelation?
11: The Revelation. Okay. Twice. In case you missed it the first time, Jesus said it again. Okay? So it's organized. It's universal. And it's evil. It's satanic and that the aims are to destroy everything good, like Christ and his church and his teachings. So he gave me the floor on that. And I said, it begins at the top of the food chain, the money power. Give me control of the nation's money. I care not who makes its laws, said Mayor Amschel Rothschild. And that is the problem, and I brought out Trump can't solve it because he's neck deep, in financial Jewish international finance, neck deep. He's, he's not the no, Lone Ranger, though. Everybody that
3: money. runs for Congress or Senate in America is in the same situation, basically.
11: Well, I don't know if they have real estate, but Trump does. Now, what they well, have they do have, is have
3: APAC putting money into their campaigns.
11: That's what it is. They lose their campaign coffer uh, money. And they lose the press, too. That's what they did to um, Percy, Charles Percy. He was the head of uh, the Senate Foreign Affairs, and he wanted to look at a more balanced position, uh, arrangement with the Palestinians. Well, the Jews didn't like that. So they put up this guy, Simon, kind of sounds like a Jewish last name, it was, then put a bow tie on him, and they started smearing him <laughs> in the press. And they put all their money into the campaign coffers of Simon. And that's how the Jews work. So you have to know your enemy, the weapons they have. Well, one of the weapons is the media. They own the media. They own the all entire right. media platform. No matter where you look, even the Washington Post. That was a leveraged buyout by uh, Jeff Bezos. But he leases the building for the Meyer Graham family. Okay, so no matter where you look, the Jews got the info war so to speak, tied up. (laughs) Touche, touche.
3: Now, the Alex Jones. on the bow tie and take off the (laughs) arm.
2: The uh, (laughs) Alex Jones audience, I'm sure, would need to hear that. This audience, I think, knows. But I would
11: uh, ask you uh, this. Let me tell you, there's a lot of Alex Jones audience that are listening to this right now.
2: Well, I hope so. I know you put it out there. and I I appreciate you putting it out there.
11: They're writing to me. They're telling me.
2: And I know, listen, as you said, you and I talked actually, what, uh, about an hour and a half ago. We, we talked on the phone earlier this week. Great conversation. Always good to talk to you. Talked before the show tonight. And I said, listen, we'll, as you said just a moment ago, credit where credit is due. He gave you the platform, that first appearance. And I thought, again, a magnificent appearance from you i don't want to say a performance you were speaking from the heart speaking truth uh but it was a fantastic interview but then the second one he was going to have you back on just a couple of days later and it got canceled at the last minute what happened there
11: well he was going to have me back on because i have the inside track with chabad they're actually called the lobotomizers okay not not
3: lobotomizers
11: what no no go go ahead not
3: the lobotomizers i said okay (laughs)
11: No, they're they're called Lubavitchers. It's a dynasty. All Hasidic groups are a dynasty. I studied with them for three intense years, from the age of 20 to 23, under Sholom Posner. Now, every Hasid who's a little bit older knows who Sholom Posner is. Not his son, but Sholom Posner is now deceased. I studied under him, okay? And I studied with some some great scholars who were Chabad Lubavitchers. Okay, if you want to call them that. All right? So I know all about this tunnel. It's not tunnels. It's a tunnel. And it's a nothing burger. It's a kosher burger, but it's a nothing story. It's absolutely nothing. <laughs> what are they trying to so suggest So I guess through it? Alex wanted to sensationalize it because uh, the producer wanted to know in advance what's this about. So it's yeah, very perfect. You know, it's nothing sensational like some people were trying to hype it up with, with a mattress and children's toys and all that stuff, okay? It's it's a nothing story, but I would have given what uh, I know from Chabad, because I still have friends, so to speak, in Chabad, in Lubavitchers, And they write to me from time to time, because I I go back a long time under one of their renowned rabbis, Sholom Posner, okay? So I have some credibility with him. With him.
3: So what that's is the that. story on
11: it? Well, the story is this. Every, center, every shul, Hasidic shul, has a what's called a mikvah. A mikvah is ritual cleansing for women when they have a period. Okay, They have to go through this mikvah. Now, they're all underground. So there's already a tunnel underground in every Hasidic shul. They have to have it underground because they have to have, according to halacha, which is Jewish law, rainwater that seeps up through the bottom. They don't need a lot of rainwater. Just as long as there's sun, then they can fill the rest with tap water. So there's already a mikvah under there. If you saw some of the videos, you would see the steps leading down. Very nice steps, okay? Every shul has one, Hasidic shul. Okay, so what they decided to do when this pandemic hit and the social distancing and Hasidic Jews don't do social distancing. They don't do it, all right? Because when they have their Shabbos services, there's 300 people there in Crown Heights on East Park Eastern Parkway, 770 Eastern Parkway. I know the whole area, okay? So they don't do social distancing, but they're in the Diamond District business. I'm not gonna go into the whole thing about the Hasidic business, okay? But the Chabad, Lubavitchers are worth probably, worldwide, at least a billion. Wow. They're in the diamond (laughs) business, okay? All right, now.
2: Hold on on. right there, Brother Nathaniel. We have to take a quick break. I hear the music. Uh, Stay tuned right there. We are talking to Brother Nathaniel about the topics that he was
3: booked and reappear. The name of his his, uh, website tells it all, Real June News
2: and uh, we'll talk to him more about this. These are the topics that he was scheduled to talk about with Alex Jones on the second appearance that was canceled at the last minute. We're talking to him about it now. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, AmericaFirst.com, that's m e r i c a one s t dot com. America dot com. With the one and only brother Nathaniel, uh, realjewnews dot Keith, you just mentioned it. RealJewNews.com Great archive at BibleWithBrother.com And we're talking uh, and brother with uh, him. What, what
3: brother Nathaniel does too? He's an expert at this. Short, punct, punctual, right to the point. Uh, he doesn't uh, make you tune in for an hour and a half in order to get the message.
2: Exactly. That's, it's, it's punchy. It's to the point. That's why he's become such a phenomenon. It, well, one of the reasons. Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, he is back with us right now. Uh, man of the hour with regards to the Alex Jones appearance and the cancellation. I don't know which one was bigger, uh, but uh, a lot of people talking about Brother Nathaniel right now. We're honored to have him with us on the very same week. Uh, here on the program tonight. I know a little bit, Brother Nathaniel, about how these pre-interviews work with producers. Uh, we were going to do one uh, on entertainment tonight. Uh, we had just interviewed Hutton Gibson, Mel Gibson's dad, and everybody in the media, Hollywood tabloids, everybody was talking about it. And then we did this interview, uh, the pre-interview, and uh, they were sending a car over to pick me up. They did a little pre-interview while the car <laughs> was sitting route, And I guess they thought I would mock uh, Mel Gibson's dad like uh, he was being mocked by Perez Hilton and... Uh, Jimmy Kimmel and you know all of these people, uh, and but I said you know I think he's speaking the truth. You know, oh, by oh, I can't believe it! Uh, something just came up, and you it's know, almost <laughs> like the reaction
3: you got when about Adolf Hitler. Well, no,
2: the overbooked thing, but uh, in any event, uh, we're talking with you now about the topics you were scheduled to talk with Alex Jones about, and this uh, situation with the tunnels. Uh, so I don't want to get into the fever swamps of the internet out there. All of this stuff out there. Uh, They used it to worship during COVID. It was sex traffic. It was all of this stuff. Uh, Latest explanation was that uh, it was, you know, a couple of Israeli teenagers had hired some Mexicans to build the tunnel to fulfill a prophecy. But what we do know is that there is a Shawshank style, a Shawshank redemption style tunnel underneath this tunnel. Place in New York, York, and it it made national news. I mean, this isn't something that only a few people are talking about on the Internet. Uh, This is national news. You've got a handle on it. Please continue.
11: I have the inside track on it, not a handle. I said I know people in Chabad. I know them. I studied with them intensely for three years. I know them, inside and out. I studied with their top rabbi, rabbi. He wasn't a rabbi. Posner, Shalom Posner. And scholars that came from England, chassids in Russia, I know them. I know the tunnel. It's not tunnels. Okay. Here's the story. Let me start with this mattress and toys. I don't know what the stain was on it. Uh, it could have been anything. But you have some chassids working on this tunnel, and the, the, the wife could not babysit. So they brought the kids down where the Hasidic were camping around with this tunnel. And they laid a mattress down so they could have a mattress to sit on, not dirt, and some toys. That's all that is to that one. Okay? That's it. Now, what happened was the tunnel is not that long. It's 50 feet long. And I said already there is a tunnel because of a mikvah. It's already there. It's in every shul. It's every Hasidic shul. There's a tunnel... Under every Hasidic shul, it's not a big deal. Now, the pandemic hits. Not a single one of them took the cross shot. Not a single Hasid throughout the world took this thing because they were told don't take it by their rabbinic authorities in the Hasidic movement. Not a single Hasid. I don't care what group it's with, the Breslovs, the Satmar, the Bulbas, they did not take the shot. Well, they have a paranoia, I guess, after this thing, COVID, social distancing, of the government. But you have to realize we already have a state within a state, Judaism. They're a state within a state within a state. Now, a few of them got this idea, let's do something with this tunnel. Let's move it. So we can connect to the other Hasidic groups, the three Hasidic groups in the borough of Brooklyn, Williamsburg, Borough Park, and where the Chabad is, Crown Heights. Okay, I know this whole deal. Now, they ran into some problems with a foundation that started to crumble a little bit. It was a neighboring facility and this neighboring facility were goyim they weren't jews they weren't Hassis. they didn't like what was going on they wanted it repaired the hasids were stupid they didn't so they got fed up and they called a cement truck <laughs> 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 this is the story okay now already the Chassidim realize they're in problems because you have to have all kind of permits to start digging underneath something. Now they only had yeah. a permit for the mikvah. Now if they're going to sp- expand this thing, you need to get permits, not only from the borough of Brooklyn, from the city, and probably the states involved too. Okay, but I'd even go that far with my people, with my contacts. So the cement now, Brother
3: Kaplan, was this place a synagogue or a hoil or whatever it was you called it? It's a
11: synagogue. Get... We call it a shul. Okay. I grew up Jewish, traditional Jewish. We always called it a shul, but it, it's a synagogue. They have Shabbat services. They have all kind of meetings. All right, every uh, constantly throughout the week. But there's not only meetings. They have services. They have sederet. They have uh, uh, mincha. These are uh, the, the order of services that, that are taken from the temple ritual. I was in this thing for three years, okay? so you know, Bill Rowland Bill, was
3: a Shabbat boy, by the way. He, he lived next door to a neighborhood in Memphis called Hebrew Heights, where uh, he would be hired, you know, over the Sabbath to do all the work for them.
11: Yeah, well... I, I don't even I know guess, that, I, frankly, I guess no. what I have to do is this, with this thing. I have to dispel all the stupid things that the Jews, the Hasids, told the media because they're frightened that they're going to get heavy fines. That's what it is. There is no infighting between Hasids. There was no infighting between the people in the shul. Everybody knew about the tunnel. Nothing happens in these shuls without everybody knowing and agreeing with it. So the tunnel didn't go very far. Now the cement truck comes in. I'm going to make a, a long story, a, what could be a long story short. Take your time. The cement truck shows up. And the chassis can be very violent. I've experienced it myself, and I said that the Rebbe Benachem Schneerson could not be Mashiach because I asked, Where was he born? So he was born uh, at the the border of Russia and Poland. I said that he can't be Mashiach. What are you talking about? The Mashiach has to come from Bethlehem. So a few of them, they eat kosher and they eat a lot of it, and they're big. Started banging the table, and they kept on moving closer and closer to bang me over the head and probably kill me. So I know how violent they could be. So they started harassing, harassing the cement driver, the cement workers who came off, and they called the police. Now the goyim are in the shul. This is the worst thing that can happen to a Hasidic kehillah uh, assembly, congregation, that the, that the Schwarza cops, the Mexican cops, are now in our sacred place, and there's a rocket, they're tearing things down, and uh, there's arrests made that the goyim are in their sacred space. That's the story, and that's the end of it. All the ones who were arrested are out on bail. The story is over. There's no more story. It's done.
3: When, when all is said and done, more will be said than done. All right, so i got to ask you, Brother
2: Nathaniel, what about what you just Described was, you know, caused you to get bounced from Alex Jones because I don't think it was a problem with overbooking because they booked a, another Jewish guy who was talking about the exact same issues. What about it that would have been
11: talking about it from the point of view that I have? I have the inside track.
2: All right. So why would they? Why would they say it's overbooking and not have because you on? Because they lie
11: Probably want something sensational. Okay. So what I've been told by some people who watch this guy Alex Rosen that he bordered on the sensationalism because you can't prove it. You can't prove any of these things they're saying.
3: So Alex Jones is
11: Jewish. Alex Jones is not Jewish. He's not.
3: I thought you said Rosen. Real name. Oh, that's another. Alex Rosen. Never mind.
11: Yeah. Please let me talk. And this thing about who's Jewish and who isn't, you check with me first, and I'll tell you who's Jewish and who isn't, all right? <laughs> now, no, I, we, know, we know each other by, by, the, uh, by the way we walk and the way we look, okay? That's it. Now, this Alex Rosen started, you know, and I guess uh, Alex Jones gave me some leading questions, you know, this sorted stuff, and I wasn't going to go there because it's not true. You see, Brother Nathaniel Capner will only deal with facts. That's it. I give the facts, and nobody, nobody can ever prove me wrong. No one. All right.
2: All right. So you think it was the pre- story? All right. So it was the pre-interview when you were going through it with the producer that you. Th- and you think it, they it, were wrong? They
3: intended up till the last minute to put you on. Say that again. They intended up until the last moment to have him. Well, walk. yeah.
2: Well, they no, kept him no, hanging no. until the last minute, but it. No, no. All right, music, music playing. He was held on the line to the last minute, but yeah, yeah. They, they changed their mind. All right, we're going to shift gears here. That's the story about the underground tunnels in New York that has made national news, not just on the internet, but everywhere. You just got the story. We'll be right back.
5: Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA
6: News. I'm Laura Winters. What do you say to members of your own party who are saying you needed congressional authorization for last
12: night's strike? They're wrong, and I sent up the I sent up this morning when the strikes occurred exactly what happened.
6: President Biden calls the strikes against the Houthi rebels in Yemen a success. The president on a campaign stop at a school in Allentown, Pennsylvania. The DOD, Department of Defense, says to expect some sort of Houthi rebel retaliation, but the group, backed by Iran. Iran has been attacking ships in the red sea for months the biden administration along with military partners in britain finally carrying out massive strikes in yemen
7: i would hope that they don't retaliate but we're prepared in the event that they do
6: that is lieutenant general douglas sims at a pentagon press conference late friday afternoon
7: the hope would be that any real thought of retaliation is based on a clear understanding that you know we we simply are not going to be messed with here this is uh This is all about creating freedom of navigation for the for the international shipping.
6: Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin remains at Walter Reed Medical Center being treated for complications related to prostate cancer surgery. Iowa under a winter weather warning, freezing snowy Iowa, the center of the political world for the next few days ahead of the caucuses on Monday. All of the Republican candidates busy campaigning despite the weather. This is an unbelievable amount of snow, um, but we are going to continue to try and touch as many people as we can. That is Nikki Haley campaigning in Iowa. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis also shaking lots of hands in the state with his wife by his side.
4: We have a lot of people that we have signed up to commit to for us over many months. Uh, I think they're motivated, they're passionate, and they're going to show up. What about the broader electorate? I just don't know, uh, but I'm confident our people are going to come out strong.
6: This is USA News. Hey,
4: here's a question: After you wear your clothes,
6: you toss them in the washing machine, right? Nobody
13: wants to wear dirty clothes. So how do we don't throw your shoes in the washing machine when they get dirty? I mean, come on, your shoes are touching the filthy ground all day long. Gross. Well, with Skechers you can because most sketches are machine washable that's right sketches are specially made so you can toss them right in the washing machine and keep them clean and looking new and when they look new you can confidently wear them longer that's less shoes you're going to want to throw away which means less waste and it'll save you tons of dough i love that plus machine washable sketches are for the whole family men women and kids so when your kids get their shoes dirty oh and we know they will just wash them brilliant and even our latest technology New hands-free Skechers slip-ins are washable. You just step right in and go without bending down or even touching your shoes. So give your Skechers the same treatment you give your clothes. Just toss them in the washing machine and keep them looking brand spanking new. Find machine washable Skechers at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear happens to be sold.
2: Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Maurice Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com.
0: Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com.
2: All right, back with Brother Nathaniel. Uh, Folks, uh, check out our broadcast archives, which remain evergreen at org. There you can go back all 15 years. This is our 20th year on the air, by the way. We've been doing this a lot longer than most a lot better than most, and uh, a lot of people doing it now, and a lot of people doing great work, but uh, going back to 2004, it's been a a very hard road to get to 2024, Uh, but a guy who's been there with us uh, making appearances for nearly that entire time, Brother Nathaniel, you can go back to the broadcast archives and go back to some of those previous appearances, uh, different voices, different co-hosts, and uh, learning about Brother Nathaniel's life, his upbringing. I remember one particular interview, uh, that really has stuck with me all these years. He talked about his upbringing. He talked about his uh, teacher who was teaching about every religion but Christianity, which made him very curious and uh, how his curiosity sort of was met with friction. And then, uh, well, and, and he became the man you know now. And so anyway, check that out. That's not what we're here to talk about tonight, but it is there in our broadcast archives, and he's talked about that elsewhere as well. Now, I want to shift Brother Nathaniel to the Middle East and the breaking news in Yemen this week. But before we do, there was one question you wanted to revisit from the previous segment, I believe.
11: And maybe it's a good question that uh, Alice Jones purposefully was waiting to cancel me at the last minute. That's not true. Or no one ever said it was true. But the fact is, and you probably can, you know, tune into this kind of thing, being a broadcaster for all these years, the producers line up guests. Now, Alice Jones or whoever, they call, they also have some guests they have in mind. They line up. All right, fine. But I've learned from the first interview and preparing for it, Alice Jones works off the seat of his pants. Yeah, there's a big pants. That's a big waistline, but that's beside the <laughs> point. Okay, all right, okay. all right. Little sense of humor doesn't hurt. Okay,
2: that's now, right.
11: Okay, so he sees probably, and I'm just speculating the blurb on this, on this annual because I sent my basic inside track info on the tunnel, and he probably thought there's no story here. And there isn't really. So he has this other guy on, Alex Rosen, to sensationalize it. Well, guess that's better for him than me just giving the plain fact. Now, sometimes when I give the plain facts, it can disturb the heck out of someone like Alex Jones. Okay? When I said that all Warren Buffett is, is a useful boy. Did you <laughs> call him a useful... Okay, that's all he is. So he is he, a what? What did you say? Yeah, that's all he is, just a useful boy. All right? He well, likes to stir so, the pot. But I stir the pot, it's a fact. It's a, it's a plain fact. So, because the, the, the Jews would look upon him as a useful Goy. That's it. Okay? He plays our part. He does what we want. He's doing the woke thing. He's doing the transgender thing. That's exactly what we want the goys to do. Okay, the other useful Goy is uh, the Microsoft boy, Bill Gates. He's a useful Goy. Now, this guy, the head of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, is one of the tribes. His mother is a Jew. Now, what the Jews put up, they put up the stepmother. (laughs) Oh, she's not Jewish. But someone like me, I know. I know who his mother is. You see, no one else would even go beyond that. But I already know it. All right? You're not going to find it on the Internet. But I know. And if you dig, if you know where to dig, and I know where to look. His mother is a Jew, so he's one of the tribe. They look upon him as one of the tribe. All right, so that's all I want to say.
2: All right, so anyway.
11: Now to the Middle East. Well,
2: we'll get to the Middle East, yes. So again, just in summation, Alex Jones deserves credit for having you on. I thought it was a magnificent appearance that you made on that initial, uh, your debut okay, on that particular thing, program. He
11: interrupt you, Interrupt you. Well, I guess I interrupted him once in a while, too. So when they say he interrupts you, I said, "Well, he was being Alex Jones." So it didn't really bother me. But there's always,
2: yeah, always cross talk and talk radio. Uh, Keith and I talk over each other every uh, show, including see, this see, one. We have
3: this. Uh, right. uh, uh, <laughs> the problem is, you know, when there's this difference in uh, real time and radio time. And
2: well, but anyway, no, I mean, it's just conversation, no, animated yeah, conversation.
11: I, I want to. to, I right, to go he did say at the opening. He gave me a very good introduction. Real G News exposes the Jewish control of every component of American life. He did say that. Then he said, I've been watching this guy for 15 yes, he years. Did. Yep. Now, if he's been watching this guy, brother Nathaniel Kaepner, who's got the inside track on American and world Jewry, then I would say that he knows the truth about these people. But there's something that he's doing on InfoWars, Info and I don't know the whole story. I did know at one time that his radio syndicate was run by a Jew, and it was called MS Radio. As soon as I saw that MS, well, MS means truth in Hebrew. So I figured that's a, that he must be a Jew, and I looked it up, yeah. But I don't know if he still has that radio syndicate. I don't know, because right, well, I, I don't do research on Alice Jones. I, I'm not really interested <laughs> Well,
2: we'll give him credit for having you on. The last-minute cancellation, I've been in broadcasting for 20 years.
3: And you came out on top. Well, you I mean, that. You
2: know, it, it all added intrigue and interest. You're the hot topic right now. There's no doubt about that. But th- I think what you told me earlier tonight, the fact that he had another Jewish individual on to talk about the same issues, that, that is the thing that raises a little bit of red flags with me. As you said, yeah, it might, it, it, might it, have been it, looking uh, for sensationalism me. rather than truth.
11: It, what, what particularly bothered me, it's just not me coming on. I have a computer tech. I got somebody who was setting up a Skype for me because I was in San Francisco at that time, and I had it set up on my iPhone. I don't have Skype on my iPhone, and I was going to go by the ocean, okay? And I have people that do—I have people that do research for me, okay? So it's not that canceled on me; it was canceled on my staff, your team, yeah. And I'm that very you. protective you of myself. I didn't, I didn't like it. Huh. And I told but nobody, the yeah. I didn't like it. There are a lot so of people that were disappointed me, outside of your organization. That I'm going to bring, bring this up. We're all talking over each other. Please let me talk. Now, I, the producer was trying to find a middle ground here because the producer saw I was hot. Hot to try. I didn't like it. The producer says, let's do this. You go to your ocean. You go to your iPhone. You have Skype and all that and you'll be there at 11.45 as we schedule you, and maybe Alex will still have you on if he gets the urge.
2: (laughs) You told me that,
11: yes. Well, I'm going to say it because this is me. I said I'm not waiting for some lowlife to throw me a bone. Maybe Roger Stone will. That's not me. (laughs) I don't need a bone thrown at me. The truth speaks for itself, whether it's on political cesspool or whether it's on jeff rents who has me on all the time i'm i want to get the truth out and i'm not interested in huge audiences and huge viewerships let me just speak the truth because the truth will always expand and the truth will always hit the mark okay i'm done God
2: god gives you the audience you need right brother nathaniel
11: thank you that's it all right, that's
10: it.
2: All right, we're we're coming up on another break. Our final of the hour. It's been a fast hour. We've been talking about this. Uh, it seems like all of the internet's talking about this. Uh, the the first appearance with Alex Jones, and then the cancellation. Well, we've talked to him about the issues that he was going to talk about, except for we got to get to the coming pandemic. What do you see there, brother? You can give us a treatment sharing. on that.
11: Uh, give, it, okay, give us a I teaser, read, and we'll,
2: we'll carry it over into the next segment.
11: Okay, the who is is, is controlled by the Jews. This this uh, Schwarze, well, he's, not, he's not considered Schwarzen. He's Ethiopian, but he's he's controlled by the Jews. All right, so he's now drafting a, what's going to be a treaty of the next pandemic and to be prepared for it. And he has in one of the articles, I think it's Article 14. It's a draft treaty right now that communities must mobilize. All community assets to be prepared and to address the next pandemic. Well, I mean, come on. This is uh, a fifth grader can figure this out. Who are community assets? Cops, magistrate, judges, mayors, city council, borough council members. All right. Government who have the power of police force. Now, what they're going to do this time, and there was a pilot program that went down in Australia and New Zealand. That's how the Jews work. They're going to try it out in some outlying, down-under situation to see how it works. So what they did, if somebody didn't get vaxxed up, they were now spreaders, and they put them in quarantine camps. Yes, they did. Now they're not going to call them quarantine camps here in Jumérica. They'll call them restoration facilities, uh, healing uh, spas. <laughs> they're not going to call
2: them camps. They're not going to call them what they, they gonna yeah, yeah what camps. they are.
10: Hey, Let's take a quick break.
2: One more segment with the one and only brother Nathaniel Capner, RealJewNews dot com Bible with brother. Check them out. We'll be right back. One more segment, we're talking to him about the things he would have talked about with Alex Jones at the second se- uh, appearance, had it not been canceled.
8: The Honorable Cause, A Free South, is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalists. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspoo, Ann Wilson-Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham author of A Walk in the Park, my Charlottesville story, Identity Ditches*, Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com.
14: In Message 1, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that The dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note, one, that behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21.
2: com Bible with Brother. I have, uh, you know, listen, for 15 years, every year he's been on this show. Uh, great to have him back on tonight, particularly this week when he's uh, such a, a hot topic uh, on the Internet and abroad and everybody's talking about it. Uh, but, uh, Brother Nathaniel, I... I Perhaps if we have time, we'll pivot this final segment to the current situation in the Middle East, particularly in Yemen. But uh, I want to talk a little bit more. We had a a show, the last show of 2023, right before the New Year's Eve, people predicting what's going to be coming on uh, in this year, a very tumultuous year, very unpredictable year. And already uh, the first bombs are dropping, uh, literally speaking, 13 days into the new year uh, uh, in Yemen. Uh, but, uh, but you're talking about a situation with a coming pandemic. And continue where you left off in the previous segment, please.
11: Yeah, well, this is scheduled for May. And, it, uh, you know, the senile old pervert has to sign it. <laughs> and he will. You know, they'll take his hand and stick a pen in it and move his hand. While uh, Jill is changing his diaper that's what we have <laughs> in the executive office. That's what we have. But we have a slew of Jews that run everything. You and are... I get a video on it. I called Biden's slew <laughs> yep. call of Jews. Okay. Now, if anybody wants to doubt that Jews run this country, just go through all his cabinet members and all his aides and all the people in charge, his own... Um, well, not the, not the lesbian, not her, but uh, chief of staff. Started with a Jew, Ron Klein, and then he wanted out for certain reasons. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to take a vacation in Tel Aviv. And then uh, they put it, uh, his um, COVID czar in there, Zykes, another Jew. So it's just infested with Jews, just like the State Department is infested with Jews. All right. And Blinken takes orders from Noodleman. That's that's her surname. That's her father's name. But it was too Jewish. So he sent a he change to Newland. But she's a Jew. And like all Jews, she hates Russia. Now, I'll tell you why Jews hate Russia, because Russia has always been a Russian Orthodox nation. It's not individualistic like a Protestants. Russian Orthodoxy, Syrian Orthodoxy, Jerusalem, Palestinian Orthodoxy, Serbian Orthodoxy, Greek Orthodoxy is national. It's what a nation is and how how it's identified. There's always what's called a symphony between church and state. This is what the Jews hate because they become second-class citizens in an Orthodox nation like Russia. So Newland and Blinken and Zeitz and Schumer and all the Jews infesting everything that's in their country hate Russia for that reason. Now, for instance, whenever Putin gives a talk before his uh, uh, Duma, the parliament, okay, and it's a citizenship type of talk to the people, he puts the patriarch of all Russia— of the Russian Orthodox Church, Patriarch Kirill, in the front row next to Medvedev. Who's back in the 16th row? The rabbi, the chief rabbi. Now, the chief rabbi didn't like that. He stopped coming. See what an ingrate they are. At least he can come and be in the 16th row. But he didn't want to be in the 16th row. And after the special military operation in Ukraine, where Putin did not want to do it, but he was forced into because they were bombing Donetsk, the NATO-trained Ukrainian, he had to do this, and the rabbi stopped coming. Well, good. Who wants them there anyways? It probably smells like a filter fish. <laughs> the, well, yeah, a lot of them do, actually. They, they do. And uh, I think some of them would say, yeah, we have to do something about that. Well, they're spilling on their, you know, their black robes. And they forget, you've got to take some soap and, and wash it. i
2: I got a question for you, Brother Nathaniel. i got sure. a, a personal question because uh, I have um, regular listeners of this program know uh, I was a born and, and raised Southern Baptist. And uh, w- once I started uh, meddling, uh, the Southern Baptist Church asked my pastor to throw me out of the congregation. When he refused, they instead threw the entire congregation out of the convention. And so I'm going to ask you, as a member of the ROCOR, Russian Orthodox Church outside of Russia, have the bishops pushed back against you for your truth-telling?
11: No. Why should they? Not they shouldn't,
7: but, but that doesn't well, mean that they, they wouldn't.
11: We're just trying to confirm. They're Russians. They know all about the Bolshevik Revolution.
7: All right. They all know there we go.
11: Cheka. They all know that they were Jews who murdered 16 million, 60 million Russian Orthodox Christians. So, no. Now, maybe That's a good to hear. Is, well, it's it's it, there's no problem at all. But maybe some converts who think they're Orthodox, you know, there's a thing. You know, you can take the monkey out of the jungle, but you can't take the jungle out of the monkey. <laughs> all the right, continent. so we have, and I'm not going to mention any names, we have a, a Jew who became a priest. He's not Russian, he's American, American Jew, but he was even raised in traditional Judaism like me. And he doesn't like me. I think he tries to do something, stuff to discredit me, but you can't, if I have Jesus on my side, no, he can't. So I say, well, you can take the monkey out of the jungle. You can't take the jungle out of the monkey. You can, you can take the monkey out of the jungle, but you can't take the jungle out of the monkey. I say, you can take, the Jew out of the synagogue, but you can't take the synagogue out of the Jew. I don't care if he's wearing a pectoral <laughs> cloth. I don't care. <laughs> that you, hey, preach on, Brother Nathaniel. You're talking. Well, this is me. See, what me is, and I said this to Alex Jones, and he said, well, they don't like the um, Great Awakening. I said, I don't deal in abstractions. Jews don't deal in abstractions. They don't like the people of the Great Awakening, all the Trump followers. That's what scares them. Because at the drop of a dime they can turn against the Jews. Right now they're doing the Israel thing, but that can stop and they could change. Because it's the white Christian political block—if there can be a block anymore—that can stop the Jews. It's the only one that can. That's the only political block that can stop the Jews. And and you know, That's that's
2: the thing. That's a whole other hour of talk radio. And here, here, my friend, 15 years, fantastic. But here, here, and this is the thing. I mean, the church, this is an A.W. Tozer quote. I always like to to mention in uh, conversations such as this, that the church is not raising society up to its level. It is descending to society's level and congratulating itself. that society is accepting its surrender. But, you know, so many of the evangelical churches, especially at the head table, are just bending the knee to the Jewish lobby at every turn. It is a, a sickening thing to see. And anybody who does speak out gets their heads chopped off. But uh, anyway, a final word to you, riveting appearance. This is what you were going to be talking about on Alex Jones. You gave it to us here. Thank you for doing that, especially on short notice. Uh, we got about two minutes remaining, and they are yours. RealJewNews.com, Brother Nathaniel, take us to the wall.
11: Well, I think what I need to say, I'm going to tip my horn a little bit. I grew up in three aspects of Judaism, traditional Judaism religiously, political Judaism because Jews are political animals, and, We had the New York Times all over the table every week, okay? And face the nation, meet the press, the whole deal. David Susskind Show, if anyone's old enough to remember that, okay? Then not only political Judaism, I was raised in cultural Judaism because I was in a big mishpuch, we call it, outer family. My father came from a family of 10 children, and my mother a large family too, so I have a sense of the mishpucha. I have a sense of Jewish unity. Now, there is no such thing as divisions in Jewry. It's just a family dispute. It's just a family squabble. The Jews see themselves as a race. The race is everything, and Jews will always be glued together as a race. And people say, well, what about all these Jews who are protesting Gaza? I said, "Well, where were they in 1948, when all the Arabs who had all this land, all the land was stolen? That's not, <laughs> shot, not Okay. Good point. All right. Yeah, the okay. all right, Now where were they? OK, so let's bring them more up to date. Where were they during this whole open-air concentration camp? All the economic strangulation, all the border control, all, they, they even denied the Palestinian children chocolates. No chocolate was allowed into Gaza. You couldn't move anywhere outside the borders of Gaza, either the ocean or the other way in the land. Okay, it was forbidden. Where were all the Jews then who were protesting? They're covering their asses. That's what they're doing now. They're scared of anti-Semitism, and they should be, because it is coming. Now, and even Alice Jones, oh, the, the Palestinians and Muslims are protesting at the college campuses. Well, let's take a look at these protests. It's all on social media. They're mostly white kids. I don't see too many towel heads. I see just white (laughs) kids who are disgusted of what they're seeing happening in Gaza with children no longer having their arms and legs. Well, who wouldn't weep for that? Now you took you see this thing in Yemen that uh, that America is striking. It's going to do nothing. The Saudi Arabians have done that for ten years. It did nothing. It just makes them more hardened. These are military men with principles. They have, You may not agree with their Islamic you know, dogma, but they have principles. I don't think America do. does anymore. Yeah,
2: exactly. Brother Nathaniel, you're right. It, 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 certainly they are far more hardened and far more principled than the average American who will put on their social media profile whatever oh. the current thing is. I, I got a thing here from a, a listener who's tuned in. I don't know what it was about this particular interview. But it has certainly gotten above and beyond the normal feedback. He's actually Father Nathaniel now, she writes. Tell him we love him and God bless. Yes, I did know that actually. You're actually Father Nathaniel. I know my I'll still call I you brother. I, uh, You're my brother, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank if you tonight father, uh, for coming okay, on with us.
6: <laughs>
2: hey, love you, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. You. Brother Nathaniel, com. Stay tuned for the third hour.
6: Is there count
0: somewhere? You're listening to Resolution radio, radio Radio. ResolutionRDO.com.
1: You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment. But you are law abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time.
0: You're listening to the Political Assess Pool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-607. 203-5423. That's 607 203 5423.
6: Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyrics to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc.
1: You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool The political cesspool known across the south and worldwide as the south's foremost populist conservative radio program and here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host james edwards
2: As good as it gets, folks. That's as good as it gets, right there. That uh, was uh, the late 50s, early 60s doo wop sound. That is Curtis Lee on lead vocals. That is a production of Phil Spector, and that's why that is one of the very that, best.
3: That was 1961, number you, seven. How did you know that? Because it was out there on oh, the yeah.
2: <laughs> I could have told you that, actually, but uh, you do. Okay, it was actually I, I can read. You might be surprised. <laughs> Well, let me tell you what. If you ever want to feel better about what's going on in the world, put in a doo-wop. You had to put a whole uh, a doo-wop all-star team on. Well, dude, and it said, let, let's do like a, a basketball team would do at the all-star break, East versus West. You're picking a, a doo all-star hey, well,
3: team. We'll, do, we'll be like the, uh, <laughs> the segment we have with Jay uh, Ryan uh, every so often where he picks out music and he picks out movies and he picks out books and stuff that He particularly likes.
2: That's right. All right. So give me the doo wop uh, uh, yeah, all star yeah. team. I, I you know certainly Curtis Lee's "Pretty Little Angel Eyes." If you actually listen to that song, and you compartmentalize each element of it, his vocals, uh, the Wall of Sound orchestra behind the behind it all, and, and I'm vocalist too. Well, and then the the doo wop group, the Halos, are in the background. You know, doing all the doo wop. That is just a magnificent, that's a masterpiece. And, uh, you know, actually, but I did an appearance on Ethan Ralph's show. Uh, uh, I think it was last Christmas, not this Christmas here last month, but a year ago. Uh, people, <laughs> He has a huge audience there online. And uh, people were saying, you know, doo-wop nationalism, Dell Vikings nationalism, uh I, I love Jim Zetters because he loves Peter Noon. People my repre- by you know reputation preceded me into that audience. They all knew who I liked. You know who else you.
3: had Wall of Sound and uh their biggest hits. The righteous Brothers.
2: Well, yeah, he produced uh You've lost yeah. that loving feeling. Yeah, yeah, so of exactly, course. Exactly.
3: Yeah. But, if you but look, <laughs> look at the um uh, the, the uh you know the um uh, website or the the one uh, you know YouTube if you uh put on that You'll see all of those background singers, and a lot of people say, "What are they doing back there?" Well, they're the ones who basically gave that song its distinctive sound, and it was, uh, you know, it's still. I think I read somewhere that it was the most uh, most played song of the '60s on, uh, you know, radio.
2: All right, now uh, I give you uh, very quickly. We got to get back to work tonight, (laughs) unfortunately. No, not unfortunately, but I love talking about this too. <clears throat> Pretty Little Angel Eyes, definitely Denise Randy and the Rainbows, that's on the All-Star Team. Uh Why do Fools Fall in Love? Frankie Lyman. Shaboom by the Crew Cuts. Come go with me. Obviously the Dell Vikings. The Edsels? Uh, yeah, a Ding Dong. Who could forget that one? Little Darlin by the Diamonds, Blue Moon, the Marcells at the Hop. Danny and the Juniors. We actually had one of the founding members of Danny and the Juniors on this show. We've had so many people on the show that people have forgotten about. Who so put it, the bomb?
3: It, it was basically Northeastern uh, rock. Oh, it was from the. the early be- it
2: was music's greatest expression. Music's greatest
3: this expression. This is coming from a dye the wool southerner. Uh, this is, not, uh,
2: you know, uh, that it, it, that's it. Music reached high its highest peak during the doo wop era, the late 50s, early 60s. 60s uh, uh, at the hop well,
10: this it Natural uh, hold on, you you're not even It was also
2: a,
3: a natural expression of musicality.
2: Well, it's a natural expression of the mood of the country at the
3: time—very optimistic, very homogeneous. And these uh, were just a bunch of guys that would get together on street corners. And, and a lot
2: of them were mobbed up; they'd they'd kill you too. But they could <laughs> certainly sing like <laughs> angels. Yeah. Uh, Who put the bomb? By Barry Man was actually an ode to all of the doo-wop area. A- anything early, Neil Sedaka, Dion, The Four Seasons—I mean, that that that's it. Uh, but, you know, so much of the music in that era is certainly focused on, like, angels, Devil or Angel by Bobby V, uh, Neil Sadaka's Little Devil. Next Door to an Angel by Neil Sadaka may be the best do up song of all time. Well, look,
3: they've treated women as they put them on a pedestal. And, you know, I don't think if women complain about that, they're not real women.
2: Go listen to Pretty Little Angel Eyes. Yeah. That is a song, you don't hear it on the radio anymore. Even the oldest stations don't play the music that old. Uh, but it's on all of my mixes, and I will outsing the radio. I'll blast the radio up to full volume, and I'll outsing it.
3: And look look at how the woman is portrayed, pretty little angel eyes, and he talks about how he adores her. And you know, beautiful, it, stuff. Uh, does beautiful
2: stuff, beautiful yeah. stuff. Well, hey, listen, uh, beautiful show tonight so far, too. Now, how about uh, Brother Nathaniel? You know, here's the thing that the audience doesn't see. Brother Nathaniel's in full form. He's going at it. Uh, after the show, we, you and uh, I and uh, Brother Nathaniel were talking during the break there after the last hour, just having a great time.
3: Look, Brother Nathaniel does a monologue. He has a, you, You'll notice if you go to Real Jew News, his website, it's him talking, <laughs> and that's what he's used to. Our show, on the other hand, is not a monologue, it's a dialogue, and sometimes that causes a little bit of, a, a, you know, a, problems you know with you know cutting in and stuff like that but you know it's our show we're going to do it as our as we always do but on the other hand brother nathaniel is always welcome here because you know it gets down to this is he willing to tell the truth or is he going to trim his sails i've never known him to trim his sails <laughs> well that's right And, uh, no, listen,
2: Brother Nathaniel and I go back uh, 15 years. I mean, you were certainly a regular feature by the time you started coming on, but not to the extent that you are now where you're on every week. I mean, back then it was still all intermittent, and uh, we had you and Winston and Eddie and Bill, uh, and it was sort of like – you know, by uh, co-host by a committee uh, well, well, back fr- then. Fruit of
3: the Month Club. Well,
2: <laughs> it was co-host by a committee. I think Bill <laughs> took most of the early interviews with Brother Nathaniel along with me. And No, I mean, Brother Nathaniel, like like I said, I called him up on his cell phone right after I heard that he got canceled by uh, Alex Jones. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it was just like old times. And uh, The thing
3: about Brother Nathaniel is he's not going to back down. He's not going to cave in. He's not going to turn on people. He's going to tell the truth as he sees it, and he's not going to be shut up.
2: Well, and as we always say, you know, I I don't think that we need uh, a black or Jewish guy or any minority or woman or transgendered or whatever to sanction our issues or to sanction our ideas. But, you know, when you have a righteous person who is telling the truth, you know, why are we not going to ally with them and partner with them? And he is certainly telling the truth in you a know, way that so many white Gentiles are scared to death to do. Well, see,
3: we're not discriminating against anybody. If you've got the truth, we want it. It reminds me of that biblical passage, and I forget where it is. It says, Behold, a true Israelite in whom there is no guile the person they're talking about there is somebody like Brother Nathaniel.
2: Well, ex- absolutely. I mean, he's a great guy. I like him. I mean, he's a friend of mine. You know, th- you know, he, he, uh, <laughs> he's to the point, and he's all of that. But well, he, uh, he and I well. got, have uh, gotten along for a long time. We talk behind the scenes, send him a Christmas card every year. I mean, you know, we're in cahoots, no doubt about it.
3: Yeah. He's going to uh, – you know, he's always going to be somebody that, you know, I, he hasn't changed in 15 years. He's the same guy he's – uh, he's been what, so
2: canceled, too. He, I mean, he, 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 He's
3: shockproof and waterproof, and he's going to you know, be the same guy 15 years from now if the Lord allows him to uh, live that long. Well, he shared with us tonight he's the same age as you. You just had a birthday. That's right, yeah. The 73 Club. That's right, yeah. I tell you, Me and my Brother Nathaniel have something in common. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you
2: have more than that, to yeah, be honest with you. I think we you, do,
3: yeah. We, my uh, friend. But, we're uh, on the same side uh, of these issues.
2: You're going to make it to 88, another 15 years? Lord willing. (laughs) You'll still be sitting in that chair right here next to me.
3: My walker and my oxygen tank, but <laughs> we'll, be <laughs>
2: we'll be in prison by then, but maybe they'll give us a microphone. But uh, no, no, no. We're gonna win by then, I think. I mean something's gonna happen this year. This, this year, Brother Nathaniel mentioned it. Uh, something's definitely you know, something's coming this year. Everybody can see it. It's I don't know if it's a foreboding or it's just something you feel. Uh, th- there this is gonna be a year that's gonna change things. Whether well, there's it's
9: there's
3: one more song we should play then. That's something in the air by Thunderclad. Well, Newman. didn't we play that like yeah, last we week? You no, play it every week. No, no, no. It's well, this is timely. See, this is this is the there is something in the air in 2024, and it's going to unfold. And you know who knows what it's going to be, but what will be at the very one thing you can say for sure, it will be interesting.
2: You know what's going to be interesting? The rest of this hour, because yeah, you know, know. know who's coming up the rest of this hour. Nobody else does. We yeah. we te- we didn't even tease that.
3: Yeah. Well, we've got the two the the Western worlds two most expert uh, spokesman on Jewish power and influence, and we'll let you guess who number two is after. Uh, well, I
2: mean, you know, he may be number one. Yeah, I
3: mean, they're two together. Right, they're uh, there they're tied for first.
2: <laughs> we play no favorites here, but I'll tell you this. Uh, I've been talking with Brother Nathaniel for 15 years. The guy we're about to bring to you? 50 years.
3: Uh, well, More than that,
2: 70 I years. I tell you what, his fingerprints are all over my work look to him as uh, not only just a friend and a mentor, but he as a Sam guy Dixon who's Dixon been there before the show started. Yeah, I'll put him in the, in the camp with yeah, Sam him Dixon. Him and
3: Sam Dixon were up here fighting for our people back in the 60s, okay? And, and he's uh, still fighting. No, nobody has a pedigree longer than that. Who's it going to be? We'll tell you when we come back. Stay-
2: hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of the Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net.
14: Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a the lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9 6.
4: A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Back with us now, a man who I met for the first time before this show ever went on the air. If you can believe that, that's a long time ago. It might have been just before you were born. (laughs) (laughs) It might have been just months before the show went on the air, but it was before the show went on the air, nevertheless. And there's something about this uh, particular guest, too. The mainstream media, even though he's probably made more media appearances and been covered by the media more than anybody who's ever appeared on their show, uh, they always seem to leave out the most vital aspects of his biography when they introduce him. They never mentioned the fact that he was a former member of the Louisiana state legislature. They never mentioned that he was the former GOP nominee for United States Senate. They never mentioned that he was the former GOP nominee for governor of Louisiana. They never mentioned he got 1.2 plus million votes uh, for uh, those particular offices. Obviously, I'm talking about David Duke, and he's back with us now, my friend. You
3: know what we have? We have David Duke. Brother Nathaniel and I are all 73 years old. Is no, that well, right, David? The, uh, are you I'm 73 years old? we're not
2: going to ask that. We're
12: not ask yeah, that. I am. He, he's in the,
2: <laughs> <laughs> in the <laughs> <laughs>
3: he, he, he He's not that cool. I'll
2: tell you what. No, i tell you. That's, that's an interesting coincidence. But nevertheless, my friend, it's great to have you back. Happy New Year. It's been a while since we talked, at least on the air. We talked on the phone a few times this week. But
12: great to have you back. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm fine. And I had a wonderful conversation with you and and Danny. And, uh, and, and by the way, I just got off the phone with Jeff Rents. Uh, he knows I'm going on with you. He's he oh, saying Hi. And uh, so we got some Jeff Rents, Very good people. Going uh, yeah, another on. fellow fellow traveler no doubt he he has you and,
3: in the
2: vineyard well i mean you're on uh, of course every day with your broadcast on the Rince network but uh i know brother
12: nathaniel's a regular guest with Rents as well but
2: I, I would ask very quickly i, I don't want uh, 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 to by the way he's uh, we'll just
12: uh, yeah i was talking we were talking for an hour and a half i'm sorry i got a little congestion so i hope i keep my voice but uh yeah he's he's doing well and uh he really is on board with with everything we're doing and. It's really amazing um that so many good people around the world are really learning the truth about uh well the truth they had in that commercial that, on the, on a minute the thing ago.
3: With the Jewish no, I think he what? was uh, I, I I think he's come over more and more to our position on the Jewish. I place. think Ritz is always think,
12: was
2: always there, at least as far I as I think, think he always
12: was, but he he knew to keep his network going. He you know, he had to limit it to a degree, but now it's so prevalent you know and, and that quote in the commercial yes. a little bit earlier was really interesting because um, and again we almost never punctuate it properly so the actual quote reads by Jesus Christ that's in John that's John 844 and uh, and by the way in in that chapter of John um that the an eight in the, in an the earlier verse by the way in the eighth chapter an earlier verse before this verse, let me give you the verse, and I'm going to tell you the earlier verse that everybody knows and they hear about when they talk about freedom of speech. But the actual verse reads, of course, you are of, and this is Jesus Christ talking to the Pharisees. They were the, That was the same Jewish elite that you have today. They had the Sanhedrin, and they always talk about the Sanhedrin effect, and they were talking about certain aspects of communism. They would ask about the Sanhedrin, which which basically condemned Christ to death. And Christ went to the temple with a bullwhip. And these were the Jewish elite that existed at the time of Christ who hated Christ uh, because he came to bring a new message. It wasn't a message that they th- thought he was supposed to bring of Jewish supremacism. It was a message of Christ's salvation was available for all people, the Gentiles, all people on earth and that the Jews had really gone away from the teachings of God. And that's and by the way, in the Jerusalem Post, I had an article the other day by, by Boteach, who was also advocating the murder of the Palestinian people, by the way, and the mass genocide of them. And these people hate Christianity as much as they do anything about the Palestinians or Muslims. In fact, about a third of Palestinians are Christian today. But the interesting thing is, is that they hate Christians as much. In fact, they actually hate Christians even more than they do, Palestinians. And that's the history. But, so Christ is having a big debate with them. They're calling him, a, you know, an idolater and evil and all these horrible things. And, uh, and so Christ has this big, big fight with them, right? And finally says to them, to, the, to these people, and right after, well, after it, I'll tell you the punchline that we're not going to get before. But he says, you, and your, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of ye father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is the father of the lie, and he's a liar. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own essence. And I tell you something, uh, and by the way, a few verses down after that, it says, And the Jews answered him. Uh, There's 450 passages in the New Testament, according to Mr. Botich and these Jews. And you can read them yourself, folks, if you just open your eyes and read the Bible and read the persecution of Jesus and read the persecution of Christians. It's right there in your New Testament. should be right by your night table, by your bed. And anybody that quotes the New Testament is liable to be prosecuted and sent to prison. And the fact there's a guy in prison right now in Canada because all he did all he did was quote the New Testament word for word about the Jews and the synagogue of Satan and other quotes. So this is an important way to start the show because right now we're seeing an example of this lie. You know, and the lie is that the Palestinians right, are not a bunch of terrorists. They've been dispossessed from their own land just as Jews have led the dispossession of the European people in every European country, they've opened the gates. In America, they've done it. They've changed their demographics, and they're trying to destroy us. And ironically, I've been hearing these Jews. There are some Jews that are anti-Israel for whatever reason. They might be communists. They're just anti-Israel. And, and Israel was really founded by a bunch of communists, and communism was a Jewish outcry. But the interesting thing is that they always try to say stuff like, well, Israel is an apartheid state. It's not an apartheid state. An apartheid state was what South Africa was meant to be which was a state where white people would have their their society blacks would have their society and each would have self-determination but it, Israel was never an apartheid state it was a genocide state it was a state that was based on dispossessing the people of that country by the jews good point just as they just as they've dispossessed us from our newspapers, our media, our book publishing, our educational academia, just uh, dispossessed us in our banking system and the Federal Reserve. This is exactly what they've done to Palestine, and everything they say about Palestine and everything they say about Israel is a big lie, and there's no bigger lie than Christian Zionism. You might as well say Christian Satanism. That's my start of the show. <laughs> well, what a start to, <laughs> that, uh, to, uh, to you, the. you
3: got to stop holding back
12: like
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Where do we go from there, I, I would ask, even after all these years, David? But, yeah, so. Well, it's well, so, it's so horrible right to think now. of this.
12: Yeah, the world, the way it's going. I mean, and it's. Well, I mean, with, really
2: the, 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 the situ- the, with the situation in the Middle East, now going back to obviously October, now we haven't talked to you since October. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm glad we have an opportunity to rectify that right now. But going back to October, that whole situation, and <clears throat> moving forward, what do you see uh, happening right now in the Middle East? Now, this is obviously a long answer, and we don't have time to get into it this segment, but you can go ahead and give us a teaser. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back and let you continue in the next segment. But going on to the Middle East, from that situation in October, which got such uh, worldwide publicity to where we are now, dropping bombs
12: on Yemen. What's
2: going on?
12: What's going on is the Jews are getting desperate. They're really losing this war in a lot of ways. They're killing a lot of Palestinians, and that's what they want to do. They want to genocide the Palestinians. And, uh, but, and they want to just destroy them. But, but they're also genociding the European people. You, you've got to know this. I mean, this is the plain-out truth. Genocide means the destruction of one's genes. And the first uh, – one of the genocides written about by Ralph Lemkin was in Ukraine. As you know, I graduated from the university in Ukraine with a doctorate in history. And uh, and this was the biggest university in Ukraine. I don't want to talk about all that right now, but we can talk about it another time. But the interesting thing is that um, in Ukraine, the Jewish communists killed 7 to 11 million people. That's according to the leading historians of the world. And that was – uh, that was 7 to 11 million that was mainstream uh, history and this were the communists it was done by Lazar Kaganovich the Jewish deputy prime minister of the Soviet Union now that's and a greater Jewish...
2: number than that's a greater no- and number his th- sister was Stalin's wife then, right? well that's a, a greater the no- holocaust
12: yeah, yeah. A greater number than the other one we're always t- uh, told about exactly of course it was but you don't hear about that and these were Christians, and there was a, it was mostly women and children because that's who die in a purposeful starvation program. And it was just like Solzhenitsyn, as everybody knows in the show. If you listen to the show with me and you, you know, I used to work with Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I was stood by him in the Kremlin when we went over the files of Lenin about Lenin's Jewish family and how Lenin always identified himself. How as about that, folks? And, how about and his, that? And his, and the same thing was with Trotsky's, Trotsky's girl name was uh, Lev Bronstein. We'll be back and we can talk about this more, but 6 to 11, these are Christians, but you don't hear about them, and they are genociding, and that's what was written about by Ralph, Ralph uh, Raphael Limpkin, who was the guy that admitted the term genocide. Genocide, guy, the term... You know,
2: this sounds like a guy who uh,
12: hosts his own radio show, David
2: Duke at Ritz uh, Radio Network. He knows when the breaks is starting. We'll be right back.
5: Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
6: USA News. I'm Laura Winters. We begin this Saturday with the nightmare weather conditions in Iowa, snow and freezing temperatures in the state, That is literally the center of the political world for the next few days ahead of the caucuses come Monday. All of the Republican candidates busy campaigning despite the weather conditions. Nikki Haley telling reporters. This is an unbelievable amount of snow. Um, but we are going to continue to try and touch as many people as we
4: can. I was shocked at how many people were willing to come, uh, given how much snow is on the ground, Uh, but I'm going to use every minute I can to be able to uh, to win votes.
6: And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis saying...
4: We have a lot of people that we have signed up to commit to for us over many months. I think they're motivated, they're passionate, and they're going to show up. What about the broader electorate? I just don't know, uh, but I'm confident our people are going to come out strong.
6: In other news, President Biden calling the strikes against the Houthi rebels in Yemen a success. The president on a campaign stop at a school in Allentown, Pennsylvania. The DOD Department of Defense says to expect some sort of Houthi rebel retaliation. But the group, which is backed by Iran, has been attacking ships in the Red Sea for months now. The Biden administration, along with military partners in Britain, finally carrying out massive strikes in Yemen.
7: I would hope that they don't retaliate. But we're prepared in the event that they do.
6: Lieutenant General Douglas Sims at a Pentagon press conference late Friday afternoon.
7: The hope would be that any real thought of retaliation is based on a clear understanding that, uh, you know, we we simply are not going to be messed with here. This is, uh, this is all about creating freedom of navigation for the, for the international shipping.
6: And if you're wondering where is Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he remains at Walter Reed Medical Center being treated for complications related to prostate cancer surgery. This is USA News.
2: Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while, at the same time, exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative. Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, AmericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T.com, (laughs) AmericaFirst.com. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand-new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Maurice Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out AntelopeHillPublishing.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, I've got to say, I've got to take a point of personal privilege here. I have been attacked uh, so many times in the media. Uh, so many reporters, so-called reporters and so-called journalists, mind you, have said, uh, you know, we're writing this piece on you, and we want to know about why you've had David Duke on the show so many times, as if interviewing him alone is enough to disparage me. And I said, you know, yes, I have had him on the show a lot, but I, I want to be clear about something, and I want to be sure you include this in your story you're about to write don't just write that I've interviewed him a lot of times. Write that he's a close personal friend, that he's a member of the family, <laughs> that we have been in each other's homes, that we've gone on vacation together, and that I consider him part of my family. I said, be sure to put that in your story. And actually, David, I, I, the only reason I bring that up—well, I, I like to bring that up—but the reason I bring it up right now is that uh, somebody came with me to the studio tonight. She just walked into the studio. She's been out in the in the uh, in in the uh, entryway, but. Uh, she wants to say hello to you. My wife wants to say hello. Hey, David. Oh, great. Hey, Danny. How are you?
10: I can't hear because James didn't share in the... Yeah,
2: I have the I have the, uh, the headset, but y'all just had a fantastic conversation, what, a night or two ago about health, and yeah. she ordered you something on Amazon very quickly. Tell, tell them what it is. Well, it was a surprise. Oh, it's a surprise. I can't tell you. But well, you I think surprise? I know
12: what it is, but yeah, thanks.
2: <laughs> All right. So she wanted to say hello, just a very quick hello. And she said it, and uh, we'll, we'll see Well, thank you, again, you so uh, much, dear.
12: You're a you're, you're you're wonderful lady, and you're such a lucky guy, James. No really doubt really... about
2: it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what he said. She doesn't have the headset. Keith has the other headset here in the studio. You're a lovely lady, and I'm such a lucky guy, and I can't you deny. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I
10: said you are.
5: No
2: doubt about She's it. All right. <laughs> who else would put up with it? <laughs> She's modest, too. Modest, I too. Know, this
10: week we've had strep throat, and you've been a
6: little grouchy.
12: I've been a little...
6: But he did give me the gift of strep throats. So. I
12: passed it on. How you know, you, how you doing, James? You still fasting? Uh, Well, I
2: be, you know what? I said we'd make it seven days. And we failed. <laughs> well, i made it almost seven days. look, well, like, that's good. Of, you know, well, six days is a long time for fasting. You've done just about exactly seven. There's well, been more... Well, Keith took than me to Baby Jack's tomorrow. barbecue tonight. Yeah,
12: what? that's right. Well, that's, yeah, well, that's, well, that's okay. No, you did seven. You did seven days of fasting. That's fine. You, you didn't have to wait for tomorrow. Sometimes we do whole days, but that's fine. That's seven days.
2: All right. Well, see, if, he, if, if Dr. David Duke has rounded it up for me, I'm going to call it. a You don't have of-
12: to do it till the morning. You were supposed to be. <laughs> we've talked about you doing till morning, but you technically did seven full days. He well, did so, seven if days. If really? David passes
3: out, if David Duke passes out, then we'll know that seven is too much.
7: Right? No, no, he ain't no gonna do
9: it. Da-
3: David just did
8: 11.
7: I
9: just did 11 so the other good. day. I'm so proud that he stuck with it. I I actually was really, really shocked that he was able to hold on to it.
10: So. Well, How, do you
2: feel? How do you feel about it? Do you feel well, good? Well, I feel fan, I feel fantastic. I, I've lost a lot of you weight. You shouldn't have, have eaten so close. much, so
12: you need to kind of eat something and then wait about an hour. But you did okay. You're a healthy guy. Well, but some can people can have sometimes have a problem before, yeah. if you eat too much too quickly. Yeah, it's that's actually right. well, but anyway, that's okay. we're
2: digressing now. Well, Danny walked but in the studio and everything it. went to pot. But no, it only got better. I'm just kidding. But well, anyway, uh, well, it, like it just that, goes to show the fact that we're all do?
8: family.
2: We're all family here. We've been in. We, we go swimming. Uh, we've been to the ocean. We've been everywhere. Uh, we, we've been done go Yeah, we were together. checking each People other's breath-holding
12: under the, under the water.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean. yeah, I remember that. You were like Mr. Ray in the Finding Nemo movie, teaching all of our kids how to hold their breath. And uh, anyway, so many stories we could tell, but work must intrude tonight. How many minutes did I keep my breath uh, that
12: day? I don't even remember. That's yeah, important well, at point. least tw- 15, 20, something like that. <laughs> no. no it was, I think, it, it was, I, think it, I was doing it, good it, that day. I think I did pearls. about three and a half, four minutes, something like that. Something like that. Something no, like that. It was,
2: I, I'll never forget that day. Like I said, one day. It was really sweet. Uh, go ahead, Dave.
9: It was really sweet watching all the kids <laughs> circled around David and him giving him a lesson on – Holding your breath.
2: And- All right, so if people don't know what we're talking about, and we do really have to get back to work here, but uh, yeah, th- we're we, we on a uh,
12: family vacation. We're going to do a long show in uh, a couple with, weeks, though, uh, right? You got that arranged yet? We're we'll you're absolutely
2: people. right. An evening with David Duke. It's coming up. That's absolutely right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tease that. Yeah, when can but they expect that? Because w-
12: they'll, be, they'll be waiting for the it. The- they'll be demanding it.
2: <laughs> before the end of the month. but uh, now listen, the end of the month, that's We were on a vacation. With a uh, friend, uh, a family friend, uh, another family who were friends of ours, and, and we all went to the beach. So it was my kids and their kids, and David was teaching them how to hold their breath in the ocean. It was a you know, wonderful it was thing.
10: It was really sweet. All right. They came you more know.
2: than
12: 1,000 miles to be with us.
2: That's absolutely, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, almost 2,000. I mean, that particular family, you and I are Southerners and still Southerners, but Sunbathed with David Duke. Uh, well, we've done yeah, – listen, it's a fantastic – listen, this is what I say. This is the thing, David. This is the point, I think. This is the point I want to no. make in this this whole thing. And This was all spontaneous. I didn't know Dana was going to walk in, but once she did, she said she wanted to say hi to you. How could I uh, not let her? But the thing is, if someone proves their worth to you as a man, if someone proves to be honorable, steadfast, loyal, a true friend –
3: Accurate and truthful.
2: All of that. Well, I mean, everything that he's given us in terms of politics is, is you know, that that that's fantastic. But notwithstanding, how do you betray a brother? You know, and that's the thing that I think has decimated our race, David. Is that so many people are willing to betray one another uh, to. Find favor with the left, to find favor with their oppressors. I mean, I didn't intend to get into this this segment, but let's cover it very quickly. Well,
3: let me just say this before you get into that. You say, how can you uh, betray a brother? The real question is, out there... How can they stop betraying their brother? All right,
2: go go with that very quickly, because to me, if some it, it, come hell or high water, if someone has proven themselves to me to be a man of honor and someone who is a friend and someone who is there, I I just I don't care what it costs me. I'm not going to give up on that guy. I'm not going to just say, oh yeah, I disavow. I'm not going to do that.
3: Him. Rather than throwing do... him under the bus, you say he's a member of my family.
12: Exactly. There you go, David. Well, first of all, we have to understand Christ. Did teach love, peace, friendship, love thy neighbor as thyself, this type of thing. But Christ was no pushover. I mean, he went into the Jewish synagogue, in fact, the temple in Jerusalem, and he took a cat of nine tails, a quarter of many strands, and he drove these money changing Jewish violators of the values of God, he drove them out of the temple physically. Now, I guarantee you that this kind of shows you, in fact, that's the only violence we ever saw Christ commit, even though I think Christ would just as ardently try to, you know, to punish or to get rid of somebody that was a pedophile trying to hurt an innocent child or anybody else that would do that. Uh, but he did believe in forgiveness, but he also believed in doing what was right. When the adulterous woman came, he said, Okay, fine, we'll forgive you for your sin, but you must sin no more. And the interesting thing is he brought salvation to all of us. And I like to remember the fact that he didn't say, don't stand up for the right and don't defend your family, don't defend your, defend your people if need be, if you're invaded or you're harmed. At the same time, you've got to keep something in your heart. And you have to also treat people around you, especially the people close to you, with love and forgiveness. And that's the hardest thing of all, because how many families are driven apart by hatred between them, bitterness between them, sometimes even fratricide, uh, things like that. It's just unbelievable to think about. And, And I think Christ reminds us that the way to victory, including conserving our own people, is if we've got family members who don't even agree with us, don't stop loving them. You can, keep, you can keep talking to them. You could definitely show them your love and your concern and the way you treat them should be fair. And you should try to always stay friends with them, I even mean, if they disagree with you. At the same time, you have an obligation to help them to the truth, but not haughtily or uh, oppressively and demand you know my way or the highway. But those who are close to you, You know, you keep that sense of love. And that's what I think he was talking about. Obviously, you can't love everybody in a sense or you could not love anybody because without loving certain people a lot more like your children, obviously, you know, you have to put your child first. Over any other child, exactly, at the same time, exactly.
2: That's the, the whole thing with regards to immigration and all of this. You don't yeah. hate other people and other cultures and other races, mm-hmm. but you can't. You you liken it to your neighborhood. Sure, not everybody in your neighborhood can come in your house and eat your groceries and and take <laughs> take away your resources that
3: you're, you're
12: providing. Or sell your kids. Equality is are, a great
3: lie. Exactly. Or yeah, yeah, give mean,
2: your are
12: it's just give your, your are give your kids dr- drugs, or try to or try to rape your little boy or little girl. Oh yeah. That, Jesus would have been happy with that, right? Obviously, Jesus would have opposed that. He opposed any kind of uh, sin, uh, any kind of immorality. And I, but I think what he really did cherish was life, and he cherished the ideas of life. The difference uh, with Christ was he was a little bit different than the uh, Ten Commandments because the way that Jews got away with being so murderous to other people and, and genocidal that they interpreted the Ten Commandments as uh, just simply for your own countrymen. And Jesus said that, you know, we're supposed to treat all people uh, kindly. We're supposed to treat all people justly. And, you know, you can defend your own heritage and preserve your own land and traditions. And I think every people on earth want to do that without trying to hurt or kill people. Now, if people try to invade you, you've got every right to resist. If people try to take over your country and bring your country into the Un, un, unworthiness that we have right in this country, the destruction, I mean, destroying our, our our children, even the institution of marriage, and destroying everything, and getting us into wars that are based on lies and killing people all over the world. Somebody was talking to me today, and we were talking about the situation in the Middle East and uh, what's going on in Gaza and the rest of it, right? So, And somebody was talking about how, oh, the Jews are just defending themselves from the Palestinians. No. The, and, and they said, what would you do? And They were talking about radical Muslims. There have been radical Muslims were around the world. And they said, what, you know, would Jews go around the world killing people? Well, they do. They control America. They, they led, us, right into the <laughs> yeah, through, they led us into the Iraq War.
11: Yeah,
5: They led us into the American Second United World
12: David. War. They led us into the First World War. They led us into communism. Led a lot of Europe into communism. that killed 20, 30 million people. They, you know, I mean, they, they lead us into wars all the time. All right, David, would you yeah.
2: consider would you consider America to be Israel's yep. golem, or the, or the controlled Jewish community's golem?
12: I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, we are their golem. It's it's the mythical Jewish monster that they use to kill other people. But here's the situation: the ironic thing about all this is if people got to open their eyes. Uh, what they're doing to the Palestinians? We should be every American who's for justice and truth should not be on the side of these evil anti-Christian Jewish insanity people who are, who are trying to overthrow Christianity. They want to turn us all into Noahide Jews. That is that we don't follow Jesus Christ because under Noahide laws, and that's what they believe when they're going to conquer the world, is that they all have to uh, not be a Christian. If you're a Christian, you deserve death. That's what Noahide laws really are. And you can't have adultery. They consider Christ an adultery. The Jewish Talmud says that Christ was evil and that he didn't—he wasn't resurrected by God. He actually was resurrected by Jewish evil magicians who are now torturing for all him all of eternity by boiling him in human excrement. And that may sound terrible and so horrible for me to say, but that's the truth, folks. That's really what the Talmud you know, the says. Christian Read Jesus in the Talmud. Hmm? Well, uh,
3: the fun- Go, Keith. The Christian fundamentalists have you believe that there's some type of spiritual and scriptural link between Christians and Jews. Look, Well, that's ridiculous because the Talmud, the Talmud well, is it. It's not the, the Talmud it's not is satanic.
12: The, the Talmud satanic and it's antichrist in every sense. And the New Testament makes it very clear. They talk about the synagogue of Satan. They talk about the coming of the Antichrist that may come. That's a warning, though. It's not saying that he's got to come for, for Christ to save the world. There's nothing that says he's got to come for Christ to save the world because God and Jesus Christ can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And I believe that God and Jesus Christ – would certainly, as a Christian, I have to believe this because I believe that God is our Father and he cares about innocent children being murdered by the millions by the Antichrist and raped and pedophilia and all the other things that so many of these Jewish corrupt people are, are creating in our society today. And so the idea of that whole talking about the Antichrist coming, it was a warning. That's what prophecies are. They're warnings that if we don't follow the word of God, that this will be our fate and that there'll be billions of children raped and murdered. I know that Jesus Christ, in my heart as a Christian, and from what I read the Scripture, that if we ask Jesus Christ sincerely and God to save our people and save our children and save this world and not have billions of people killed by the Antichrist, I know he doesn't have to have billions of people killed to come back and save us and have them endure that pain. And I do believe in an afterlife. I do believe in eternal life that Christ and God gives us. But I also know he also gave us real life. And if anybody thinks that Jesus Christ is not sympathetic to human suffering, my God, have you read a single word that he's written in the New Testament that he's said and spoken and written about in the New Testament? There's all sorts of things that talk about life and how you make your body like the temple of, of God. Jesus Christ not only believes in the afterlife, he believes in a good, healthy, and beautiful this life. And he certainly opposes any sort of murder of children. There I go again. I was preaching to you the other night. uh, No, no. You know,
2: I got to tell you, I got (laughs) to, thank you for saying that. I got to tell you, I talked to David for a long time earlier this week, and then, uh, he called me a couple of nights ago. I missed his call. I called him back, and he went straight into this sermon. And I just put it on speakerphone, and I was saying, if the if a Southern Baptist preacher had this this moxie, had this message, you know, Christians would be more than what they are now.
10: The only and, one I can
3: think of that's even close is Chuck Baldwin.
2: Yeah, well, you know, and Chuck was on with us last month. He's going to be on with us again. But David, I I wrote uh, I I wrote our archive notes in advance of the show, as I normally do, anticipating right. what we'll cover with the guests. And and so I, I want to ask you this so we can make the archive notes true, that we're going to talk about the situation in Yemen uh, this hour. Yeah. So uh, with a few minutes remaining tonight, and by the way, folks, I mean, if you don't know how to reach this man, I don't know where you've been, but davidduke.com, davidduke.com, com, But... Yemen. I mean, uh, even thir- Joe Biden
3: knows about <laughs> David
2: Duke. <laughs> well, everybody knows David Duke. There has not been a, a man alive today more maligned by the system than this guest, my friend, right now. And I'm honored to know him, and I'm honored to call him a friend. But uh, David, the situation in the Middle East has exacerbated,
12: even in the early days of 2024. What's going on in Yemen? What do you make of it? I'll say that to you, and I'll preface that with one word. You know, we talked about John eight forty four, 44, and in that, in that chapter, in those verses, just a few verses earlier, Jesus Christ said it this way, I may be oppressed, I may be silenced by the media, and all those things, but you know what it says in, in John, just a few verses before John eight forty four, it says a few verses earlier than that, it says, you shall know the truth, and the tr- truth shall set, your, set you free. So all my life, folks, I've been a free man. Because I've never shielded yeah, yeah. myself or stopped from fighting for the truth. Now, as far as the truth is about Yemen, they're saying this is a proxy war for Iran. One more big, giant Jewish war. Doesn't is there, is there anybody in this country that doesn't realize yet that the war in Iraq was based on Jewish lies? Jewish power structure in our State Department, Jewish power structure in our media that told us to go fight and die, Americans to go die in a proxy war for Jews, but it wasn't Jewish soldiers that were dying in America. They're the least representative of any race percentage-wise. And proportionally to the other race in the world. They don't fight in these wars. The first world war was a proxy war for Jews to try to destroy Russia and the Christian Tsar so Jewish communists could take over. The second world war was a proxy war for against Germany, where even in the Daily Mail in Britain had a big headline. Judea, world, Judea, world, Jews—the world united to get into a war to make a war against Germany. But it wasn't the Jews who fought in that war; it was the GoYim. It was the Christians who were murdered on both sides. And they, in they that
3: like war. to say, uh, I and believe, David, uh, Christians let, fighting Christians. Uh, let's you right. and him fight. Okay, they're, <laughs> <Right>. they're experts <laughs> in uh, the, argument. The Vietnam War was no,
12: we didn't need to be in a foreign Asian war in Vietnam. It didn't free us at all. It was America that was under, was being destroyed by the Jewish takeover. We, didn't, we shouldn't have been in Vietnam. This was a war also because they knew at that time, believe it or not, they knew that the Russians were in the process of overthrowing the Jews in, in the Soviet Union and that they would eventually overthrow it completely, which they did without our help, by the way, when, when it was a communist country, it was a favored nation status. But then when in the 1950s the 60s, they realized that the Russians were rising to power. So at that point, they made Russia our enemy. And then, you know, after Vietnam, I've all these wars in the Russia. Middle East. No, the truth is that Americans have been fighting and dying. And how much did the Iraq war cost us? Three or four trillion dollars? You know, the reason why we have massive homelessness in this country, the reason why our medical care system is destroying is because of Jewish power. They, they've destroyed our health. They, they, they've repressed any lots of cures for cancer and other diseases. They've made us all sick. And they, we have more disease and more death today from man-made decisions uh, or diseases that were created by these Jewish major media advertising and so forth, these terrible David, but diets. Isn't it an
3: a hopeful sign, though, David, that, White males are not joining the military. They're not going to be... Well, we, we, you know,
2: i, I got to say, Keith, a fantastic point. Uh, Paul Crick Roberts just did an article about that, about uh, how... Uh, where well, they're smart not to. Particip- yeah, uh, pre- plummeting. David, we have two minutes remaining. I, somebody just so let me just... Me you
12: know, the, the Yemen thing. So here's the situation. The, the, the Yemen war is killing these people. The reason why... We, don't tell me about... Firing on ships or stopping ships. What do you think America's done? What's the sanctions they're doing against Russia? Stopping ships in the high sea. See, stealing ships from other countries. And they would bomb them to hell if, if, if that's the only thing they could do about it. These are, are people trying to stop the slaughter of tens of thousands and maiming of children. And this is being – Women and old men. You know, and uh, That's exactly right, folks. And this is Evil. And this is this is so damned evil, and this is and the proxy wars have been going on by Israel all these times, and these are wars against America, and and they're not only going to war against these other countries, like they want to go to war against Russia, they're killing hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians in a war that they're not fighting. They left Ukraine as soon as they got the war going. They also killed fourteen thousand the Jewish government of Ukraine. Before ever Putin came in to try to save the people of Ukraine from this Jewish government that was destroying them, and they're doing the same thing in the Middle East, they're doing the same thing all over the world, and they're they're coming close to a world war. Folks, you got to right, wake you- up. Go- yeah. Go ahead. So, 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 well, I, I, I'll just mention very quickly. Somebody- just to send
2: an email, nobody else has the balls to have David Duke and Brother Nathaniel on the same show. I would say, don't forget, we had Augustus and on the same show, too. All of them tonight. Truth tellers all. David, uh, seconds remaining, davidduke.com, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but uh, how likely is this over the course of this year to expand from a regional to uh, a world war with what's going on in the Middle East? And now Well, the there's East.
10: always so a likelihood. going to get involved?
2: Well, that's
12: that's like a subject we could take an hour on, but there was always a chance it's going to happen, and I hope and pray it doesn't happen because if it does, really happen and nuclear weapons are unleashed, um, this is the end of Christianity for the most part. Most of Christians are in the world. That's the end of white people in the world, uh, and all the beauty and the art and literature and music and architecture. And by the way, I don't hate or despise any other race. I don't even hate and despise Jews, but I certainly despise. And I work against these evil Jewish oligarchs that control our media, that control our banking. And they're not just an enemy of the people in Yemen today. It's the same enemy we face because they are the ones that are orchestrating our demise yeah, in America. And let, let me just and say this, too.
3: In addition to banking and these wars, the other thing they love to get involved in economically is vice. All this pornography, all the gambling, sports oh, yeah. gambling stuff. They love that because it's a twofer. They can both make money at it and corrupt the morals of the goy. You, know you know
12: how much suffering that they've caused to children by making sports betting available to everybody? Some people can do it without using some of that money that they should be going for their kid's good diet and the roof over their heads. But right. obviously, there's an addiction that goes along with it. And this is one more example of the Jewish influence. And the gambling industry is completely controlled right. by Jews, just like porn's controlled by Jews, just but like folks, the Federal Reserve is controlled by Jews. <laughs> <It's
2: like the laughs> now we're talking. Industry. We're out of time. DavidDuke.com. Uh, folks, we're going to have another interview, as David foreshadowed, uh, maybe a little more autobiographical in nature. But, uh, folks, Let's do it within two David weeks, baby. We're, we're uh, going to do it. We're going to do it. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll tell you this. A uh, few have trod the sod that he has, and a few have paid the price, and we are thankful for him. He's and gone to jail. He's, he's
3: been uh, called everything except the child of God, and he keeps on keeping on.
2: Well, that's right. If we had more men like him, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in. And I'm proud to call him a friend. Proud to call all the guys we've had on tonight a friend. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. Good
8: night and God bless. God bless
0: listen to resolution radio 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 resolution Rdo.com